Hello everybody and welcome to our bonus podcast for this week. I am Michael. I'm Jenna. And this week we're going to be doing a long awaited, I think, think long awaited, long awaited for us at least, Coronation Street Doctor Who crossover chat. Hooray! Hooray! And we're not actually thinking of ways that Doctor Who and Coronation Street could have crossover episodes, but because they kind of have already quite a bit, haven't they? We're going to be looking back over the history of the two shows, talking about what we like about them and, and saying how kind of there's been a bit of sharing of actors between the two of them. And that's well, probably going to be... British institutions, aren't they, that have been yes. going for a very long time indeed. Almost over 60 years for both of them. Yeah, so it would be strange <laughs> if there weren't overlaps. It would, it would. And there I was would, a lot more than I thought there would be. I would say that, you, you know, you can have as many arguments as you like about what represents British culture, but if you wanted to pick two shows mm. and say this is what it's like to be British, <laughs> you couldn't, you could kind of give these two up as like, yeah. This is what well, it's like. They've, they've both been around for as long as most what people have been alive at the moment. Yeah, what represents us as a cultural export? Yeah, Doctor Who and, and Coronation Street, absolutely. Well, this is this week is Doctor Who's 60th anniversary. It's um, coming up on Thursday this week. I mean, and you got course, there eventually, we, guys. Yeah, come on, catch up, catch up. You'll never catch up. <laughs> well, hopefully. <clears throat> and you had a gap, Doctor Who. You're just like those other soaps during COVID. Coronation Street has stayed the course. This well... There were gaps. We've t- we've. T- if you want to hear more about Coronation Street's gaps, go and listen to our strike episodes. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. There's a new the new episodes of Doctor Who are starting on Saturday. They're doing a three episode kind of comeback special wee thing with David Tennant playing the Doctor again and, and Catherine Tate as Donna as his companion. And um, yeah, it's it is a great time to be a Doctor Who fan at the moment. Yeah, we we'll Disney money. Disney yeah. Disney money. I'll say a great time to be a Doctor Who fan, which we which we kind of are. I'm gonna yeah yeah kind of Doctor Who fans not as big Doctor Who fans as Coronation Street fans we don't do a Doctor Who podcast on the side that you I'd have, be haven't too heard of. to do a Doctor <laughs> Who podcast disclaimer not an expert here never no, said I was an expert on Coronation Street either though that never stopped me but Doctor Who fans I feel are a very passionate group and if you're if you're one of those group welcome welcome to our podcast. Please be lenient upon us. We are but mere novices. We have got to get this disclaimer out of the way first. Although we enjoy watching Doctor Who, me especially, I would say, um, we are by no means experts. We are going to say things that are wrong. Yeah. We're going to make sweeping generalisations yeah. about things. We're going to we're we're not going to show ourselves up as very good Doctor Who fans. But we never said we were. We just enthusiastic you know, we like amateurs. It. Yeah, absolutely, very amateur. There's room for everyone at the table, surely. <laughs> and there's there's an awful lot of Doctor Who to know about, isn't there? Um, um, at least when we did, oh, I suppose that's not true. We did do a Harry Potter um, crossover chat we've in done, Coronation Street. We've, we've done, done Game of Thrones. Yeah. There's only so much to know about Harry Potter, and yes, there's a lot of Game of Thrones book chat. But we, we knew the show inside out. If we not, did not a, so much with Doctor not Who. Not so much with Doctor Who. If we did a Downton Abbey crossover, it would just have one, one big mention, really, wouldn't it? Is that? Well, I thought you were going to talk about Doctor Gaddas. The maid. Dr. Oh yeah, Gaddis Joe Froggett and, um, and uh, an older. Who's Arthur? The, da- the dad. The uh, dad of the... No, I, oh, no, no I thought you were going to talk about the obvious Liam Connor one in Downtown. Oh, well, there right? you go. Anyway, we're not talking about that. Head. That's the past. Like, who's the future and the past. Um, and the present. <laughs> so... Oh, God. <laughs> so going, going, going off going the rails. So well, so well. Um, yeah, so anyway... Disclaimer: We are we are going to show ourselves up as not knowing very much about Doctor Who, but we'll do our Stick best. Stick with us. Um, so I wanted, before we, we did the crossover chat, to have a little bit of a talk about um, our own personal experiences with Doctor Who, just so that oh listeners, God. you have got some context. I'm going to say I don't want, I don't think that we've got time um, to explain what Doctor Who is. I assume if you know, 
Um, you're How listening and you don't need really it explained know? to you. Uh, and, and if you don't know, you've probably turned off already, so that's fine. But you, you, you've been watching Doctor Who longer than I have, haven't you? Go on, what do you think? What are you going to say? What do you think? Well, because Doctor Who, the main series, ran from 1963 to... 89, I'm going to say, maybe. And then Why came back... Why are you guessing? Because, this, because I'm showing that I don't know these things. Okay. Uh, I think that's right. I don't think it got into the 90s. Right. Then it had its TV special in 1996 with Paul McGann. And then 2005 onwards was the reboot with Christopher Eccleston playing the Doctor and um, Billy Piper playing Rose. Now, I never watched any of that classic pre-1989 series, but you did, didn't you? Why do you think that? Because that you told... I think you told me. Okay. Am I wrong? No, no, you're not wrong. I'm just I'm just interested at how much you remember. I listen to everything you say and take now, in the parts that are tangentially related to I know, my but interests. this is bad because I, I, I don't know enough about it to ex- even explain what I did. What well, it I doesn't saw. matter. It doesn't matter. You don't need to. You did watch it back then, didn't you? So did I think, you, do you remember any you particular... back then? Back in the day. Back so, in the olden days of the 80s. So I'm pretty sure that I watched it when the fifth doctor, who's Pete, Peter Davison, who's the cricket one. Yeah, okay? the, the cricket the doctor. The cricket doctor. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the first thing you've said oh, that's yeah, um, angered the fans. Yeah, the cricket doctor. The cricket doctor. And I'm um, just trying to quickly look this up on tardis.fandom.com, who um, we have to say thank you very much. Did for... you also... Oh, yeah, tardis.fandom.com. So you're the Coropedia for this episode. I, I barely even looked at Coropedia for this. Sorry, guys, you're great most of the time. Um, but Tardis Wiki was absolutely amazing for this. Did you, did you watch any of the uh, grumpy see... curly-haired Doctor, number six? No, I don't think I liked him. But then again, I'm just I'm just looking this up because this Doctor was in 1980, to 1984 I think and, so you must have um, seen repeats I must have seen repeats yeah yeah because there was grumpy curly haired doctor wasn't he kind and of then... romantic the, the sixth doctor he was kind of like this romantic I don't know brooding, brooding <laughs> I don't know that, so I, don't, I haven't seen very much I used to watch Doctor Who yeah yeah when I was did a you, kid was it was it like a, a family thing did you watch it with your parents or was it on your own no I'm or... not thinking of the sixth doctor <laughs> Who are all the doctors? This would be a good uh, thing to have to have looked up, wouldn't it? Well, I don't know. I don't. I, I, maybe I know more about it. Than you. See, Gemma watched it a bit when she was little, yes. and I don't think it's the sort of thing you turn you just tune into naturally. So I assume you must have watched it with dad or grandparents oh. or something like that. Oh, I remember Whereas, this doctor. That's the seventh doctor you're pointing at there. Yeah. And this romantic one is the one I'm talking about. Oh, Paul McGann. So he's the one from the '96 um, TV special that was co-produced I think with BBC America and it was very kind of slick that that really was the first I think that was the first episode of Doctor Who I watched because they made such a big uh, thing about it being brought back for that one-off special yeah. in 96 I was what 13 at the time so everyone was talking about it I thought well, this sounds like the sort of thing I like I like Red Dwarf so I guess that means I like sci-fi things and I watched that episode and I, I wasn't particularly impressed with it and no, I don't it remember. It was very what I swish thought. and snazzy and American, and they had an American yeah, master was, yeah. in there. And um, it, it was just a bit too slick for me. I think I prefer my British productions a bit wobbly and I like cardboard. To see, yeah, set-ish. I like to literally see the, the set wobble when the door closes. Yeah, and, and that one wasn't like that. So I was like, okay, well, I've given it a try. Maybe Doctor Who's not for me. Um, and then 2005 rolls around, and this was the big reboot with Russell T. Davis the, um, as the producer in charge of it. Um, again, huge uh, publicity. This was um, this was when we were, I was in my final year at university, so um, in, in year four of university, and 
I gave it a try and I, I absolutely fell in love with it. I thought it was amazing. I remember I always used to watch, I think I might have watched like the episodes with you because that was when you were living at your mum and dad's house and I would come to your house for the weekend, we'd watch the episodes, then I'd go back to the University Halls of Residence and watch it where I'd taped it. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and it was like, not really like anything I'd seen before, because even though, you know, I said I like sci-fi things, I, I was never a, a Star Trek fan, or I didn't watch Star Wars, I didn't watch anything really to do with time travel. But I loved the idea of the time traveling alien. I thought that Billy Piper was such a revelation in the role of Rose. We'd seen her growing up as oh, songstress, yeah. hadn't we? Oh yeah, she was like our version of Britney Spears. Yeah, but she was, she absolutely was. And I think when she was cast as UK, Doctor Who, I mean. there was a lot of... Um, no, scepticism. Oh, sorry, to cast in Doctor Who. There I was don't... a lot of scepticism about. Hang on a minute, this is just a bubblegum pop star. Acting. I don't know whether she'd done any. She might no. have done a little bit. Maybe she probably um, did an audition. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, I don't but know. I thought she was absolutely fantastic. She was really great. And um, I, I loved the heart in the series. I loved the fact that they. One of one of the things that I think made the reboot a bit different was they. Um, they included the family more and they, they showing about their, going about their normal lives because you had Rose's mum and, and her boyfriend, Mickey. Um, you got to delve more into their lives. I thought the episode in the first series where they go back in time and she sees her dad being hit by a car. Yeah. That, I think the, the moment that I was like, I love this, and I think that Billy Piper is amazing as Rose, is when she's standing there at the side of the road with doc with the doctor next to her, and she's like, oh God, this is it. And like they hold yeah. each other's hand, and then they see the dad getting run over, and then it's all about going back in time, trying to prevent it. Um, I, I loved it. And then by the end of the series, when um, they had all the Daleks coming back, I was like well, well into it. And... I and I'd go on the forums and read about it and looking for all the theories about what was going to happen next. But that that was the one series that Christopher Eccleston was in, wasn't it? Because after that, we had David Tennant for a few years. Billy Piper stayed the companion for a little while. Then you had Martha Jones coming along, Donna Noble. Um, Donna's one of my favourite companions of all time. T tell tell us more because I feel like I've been well, stealing think, the limelight I think from you at the Christopher moment. Christopher Eccleston, I think, um, yeah. Christopher Eccleston was like really good as as the Doctor because he's he was kind of scary, wasn't he? Yes, he was he like was, an angry Doctor. He, he was. He was he'd like been scarred by war. Yeah, I thought it, that was fantastic. And then you get David Tennant, who's like the more quirky, unpredictable one. And then and then Matt Smith, who who was obviously I feel more child childish and. Um, Playful. Yeah, David and Tennant was a bit more of the sexy doctor as well, wasn't he? But he was <laughs> he was very commanding. David yeah. Tennant, what a brilliant actor. He was brought in. He was quite famous for Casanova before, well, I think, wasn't I, he? I don't, I, he? He wasn't famous for it, but... I remember when he was he cast. Been, that was the only major role he'd had. I yeah, think. so this was Everyone a real, real, real breakout. Because I remember seeing the the um, promo image of him before he was cast in Doctor Who, and nobody knew what his he was going to look like as the Doctor. Mm. Just seeing him lounging about, which is kind of funny, really, because Nikuti Gatwa he is was in Sex Education, and they're yes, both. Kind I've of seen pictures raunchy. of him lounging about as yeah. well. Even raunchy, I have to say, I can't. Yeah, so um. So I like, but but as far as companions go. That I don't that hit or miss sometimes. Some of them are. I, and I, thought I really my... thought Donna was my absolute favourite because I love mm. Catherine Tate before she was in the show, um, 
I don't know. We will get she, to Coronation Street soon, like everyone. Don't most, worry. I assume you like this. Was, <laughs> on the chat. <laughs> maybe she was one of the most famous companions before joining. Before joining, like, yeah. That a lot of these I mean, names I, here are, are were. were I can't, very what's the talented. name who played Martha? Something Freeman or something. But no, she wasn't known before Doctor Who, and I don't believe she's gone on to to huge things since then. She was definitely nowhere near up to Billy Piper. I mean, maybe Dad. What's his face? Yeah. Cockney Bradley Walsh yeah yeah he was, who we will also be talking about as an ex-Coronation Street actor he's fairly he's fairly big before he was you're in. right the the thing the thing with Donna with, with Catherine Tate playing Donna it's that I was my mind was changed on her so much because she'd come in for that Christmas special hadn't she I think the third Christmas special was it the second I can't runaway remember bride. the runaway bride and she was this loud mouthed chavvy obnoxious yeah, I, that. I <laughs> didn't like her at all in that I thought the story itself there wasn't that great was it was that the being with the spidery the green where they were looking at each other through the window at one no, point no 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 that was that was a different one that was the moment that where was you, that made me like oh, I think she's, she's great. brilliant that was the first episode of series four which also had ex-Coronation Street actor Sarah Lancashire in the villain's oh, role. Oh, yeah. Um, and Yeah, the yeah. bit where Donna and uh, Doctor reunite and they're looking at each... He's, like, outside yes. a window, isn't he? And she's in through a room, through this another window me, porthole, and they're charading to each other. That was moments. one of the best yeah. comedy moments on Coronation... Uh, I'm sorry, on Doctor Who. And I liked... And, and from then onwards, I'm like, I'm well in, and she was... Oh, I just love her. I've definitely fallen off, off Doctor Who. Yeah. I found it very... I found it hard to follow and I'm not I'm sorry if you're a Doctor Who fan um, I think there are some listening I'm gonna no, say no no I'm just saying like I feel like my golden era was stuff to do with River Song stuff to do with the library Donna Noble yeah, um, yeah Matt sure. Smith um, and uh, David, David Tennant, Tennant mm. my favourites um, I liked I actually did like the New Year's Eve episode recently which one was that? The one that they did at New Year's Eve, where they went back in time and kept going back. I don't you didn't like that, that one as did much I as I did. I don't even remember that one. I, I that was it was set in a um, storage facility. Oh, vaguely remember that. I like that yeah, one. No, I didn't. The, the was that a Dalek ones, story? A st- I don't remember. The standalone <laughs> ones I like. I, I I can't get too invested in the ongoing lore because I miss bits, and then it's like. Some, I've been hit or miss with that so for the series one where there was the whole bad wolf thing and that those words were yeah, appearing cool. in the background and characters are saying I was really I invested like in oh what could that be more coherent to me than some of the future things that have happened yeah for sure and again I'm not saying that it was it's bad or that you know I'm just saying personally yeah yeah, everyone's going to have things viewer. that they like more or less. I, I mean, there's an awful lot of the new series of Doctor Who. I, I, I can't, sorry, I can't say anything about the old series. I really, really can't. I've seen Genesis of the Daleks, uh, and that's that's almost it. But of the new series, I like Sylvester McCoy. I just remembered that's that. That's the one that you Sylvester like. McCoy and uh, guy who was a cricket man. <laughs> I don't, As a child, I must have been what? <laughs> I must have been like, you know, from from birth to about seven or eight. Mm. I, I don't remember a great deal. I would say I in the first <laughs> six, seven series of the new Doctor Who, there was an awful lot of hits for me. But there were all, there were definitely some misses. There were weeks and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm not so fussed about this. The villain I'm not as interested in. But on the whole, I was kind of along with the ride, and yeah, every, every week was pretty good, and and some were completely outstanding. I thought that the transition 
after Russell T Davis left as producer to be replaced with Stephen Moffat was handled really really well he came to the series very highly regarded as he one of the, the writers Woman in the Fireplace yeah yeah exactly is that the name of the story yeah yeah, yeah. the Woman in the Fireplace the one with old old what's her face in France and the what's clockwork robots who married him no you're thinking of um Oh, You're thinking of um, of Georgia Wasafe, Georgia Moffat. She was in the Doctor's Daughter episode. I... Listen, I think it's important that I represent the voice of those who don't know what they're talking and about. And I'm the voice of those oh, who know a little God. bit more than not nothing that they're oh. talking about. But I know that. No. Um, Sometimes things amalgamate. So the the, the transformation, the, the 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 transfer <laughs> into the hands of Stephen Moffat was done really really well. And that first episode with Matt Smith. The young Amelia Pond. The, the episode right. itself wasn't, I didn't think, was so good. But the idea of him going back and being yeah. um, like the, the raggedy man, which was the like the, the imaginary she was friend fantastic that too. the young Amy Pond had in the past. Ka- Karen Gillan right. was really, really good. No Donna Noble, no Billy Piper, but she's definitely number three on my companions list. I thought that the the, yeah, the yeah, Amy Rory companion duo that was a really interesting. Like thread. Well, the very end scene of that first episode of series five, which was she, she'd gone off with the doctor, and then it goes back to her house, and you see her wedding dress hang up, and it's like she's left to go traveling time and space on the day before her wedding. Was that was brilliant to me? They had a yeah. few. The series six was good as well. I think it was six where they had the episode where they go to America, and the doctor gets um, shot at the beach. Do you remember which doctor was this? This is all Matt Smith. Okay, he's, he's shot on the beach, and then you see his oh, body get a... burned up, and the whole mystery throughout the series. <laughs> is how are they going to get to that I promise we did enjoy that we were really into that that also had the uh, the silence aliens which were those um, grey looking aliens who as soon as you saw them you forgot they existed do you remember uh, no I can't remember that yeah and, get and, it and, uh, nice <laughs> and, and there were the scenes where Amy had tally marks on her faces because she would she would tally uh, off yes. every time she, there's some really, really amazing smart stories stuff. yeah I mean but equally like I said lots of stuff that just didn't do it for me I and can't as, say that many things that happened with Jodie Whitt- Whittaker's Doctor Jodie Whittaker's Doctor I, tried I didn't really enjoy I, I, I wanted to like her because I'd I'd fairly liked Peter Capaldi's Doctor as well after Matt Smith because he was mm. such a brilliant actor. He was he was dark and brooding and, and angry and mm. made such a change Very from contra- the, the yeah, childlike um, buffoonery of, of Matt Smith Doctor who, who I'm going to say Matt Smith Doctor is my favourite oh, Doctor. Nice. I'd got a little bit okay. sick of Tennant by the end. Just a little bit. Oh, I like but, but Matt Smith, oh, he I was still amazing. Them, yeah. I, I love them both. I don't know. I couldn't rank them. Mm. But you've got to, Gemma, and that's, that's part of being a Doctor Who fan. What, now? No, we don't have to. Sorry, just yeah, I'm prepared. But um, yeah, Peter Capaldi, he came in and there were bits that I liked. I think the stories had started to get a little bit darker there. I found them more complicated to, to follow. <laughs> I'm not very good at following things. I would go through episodes and go, mm, that was okay, a little bit more than, wow, that was amazing. But I will say that one of my favourite ever episodes of the new Doctor Who came as part of Capaldi's run, which is the Heaven Sent episode. Now that's the one that you might remember. Gemma's shrugging, so let me <laughs> no, let me refresh don't your memory. Rat me this out. is the one where he's on his own in a castle and he's being yes, stalked I by that. something. I watched that more than once. I've watched that's probably the one I've watched the most. It is so, so clever. It's pretty much just him and and this 
like death-like creature that's stalking him and he yeah. and he finds himself to a, a room yeah yeah and he and he's punching at a wall yeah. and then he gets killed and then he gets it's brought great, back yeah. and and the, the millennia pass and he's oh. finally put, able to punch his way through the wall and then he gets to Gallifrey his home planet at the end that was such a monumentally amazing piece of writing I remember watching that thinking this is absolute peak because you could follow Doctor it Doctor Who I could follow it they were just going round and round yeah, again so if I didn't understand character. it at one point I could understand <laughs> it at least by the fourth or fifth time round um, and then then there was a bit more of him I didn't really rate Clara as a companion I'm going to say sorry Jenna Coleman she's fans. a fan favourite I know she really really is I, I just found very her very too. I found her very smug and um, she, there, there was even a thing made of, yeah, me and the Doctor, we're equals, well, my, I, I felt, with her. And, and I, I didn't like that. I thought that she was just a little bit too big for her boots. Uh, and I was glad when she went in the end. I, I absolutely rated Jenna um, as an actress. Yes. Um, there, I think and she's also been. voiced as a character in one of my favourite games ever. Yeah. So, um, but, but I, Blade. Thank you. Um, but, but I didn't, I, I wasn't sad to see her go. And, and then after that, we had... Um, we had Bill, and and then we had Nardole played by Matt Lucas for that one series, and and then it was kind yeah, of Lucas on the wane a little bit. On a par with Catherine Tate as far as comedic mm. kind of comedy legends in this country, but. Uh, as a Doctor Who companion, he really, really didn't work for me. He was too attempted to be comedic. I didn't find him funny. I, I do like um, some of the things he's been in, particularly Come Fly With Me. Check it no, out you if you haven't seen that. it. We're it's not allowed to not, recommend it's it. It's not PC anymore. I love it. Um, no. But he, it didn't work in Doctor Who. But there was still some River Song <laughs> stuff going through there. And, and like, like you I said, what, what, what did you what like you about mean? River Song? I'm like talking too much. She lives backwards. Well, she didn't really. We've just got to see random things. and um, A fellow time traveller that he would meet out of order was yes, a really clever concept. Yes, I thought that was a concept. really clever idea. And then, you know, her secret identity being revealed, yeah. that was great. And the I whole romance that was built up between them, the spoilers. At one point, I kind of... There was something that happened where somebody died and then they kind of talked their way out of it. <laughs> Probably Rory. And I just... That's when I kind of disengaged from the, I, the whole thing because I thought, you can't be cheating me if if I'm sad because somebody dies I want that to be proper and final and not have I a think it was I got I've got a vague card. memory that one of the things that Stephen Moffat was slightly lambasted for was the everybody lives trope which yeah, was, which no. came from his episode with the with the World War Two and the are you my mummy episode which I think he wrote and everybody came back to life and he, he didn't great... he didn't like killing people off that was still a good episode yeah but um, also the fillings are great but um. Some of them, some, some, you know, sometimes you watch, you watch an episode and it's like, here's a brand new villain and it's really kind of convoluted and, and dull and you think, oh. Yeah. And the, then sometimes you watch it and it's like, it's the Cybermen again. You think, oh. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> um, I think, Not that I'm criticising anything specific, but. I wouldn't say that. It's really hard to create a, a properly iconic Doctor Who villain. Like the, the, the angels were cool. That was a Stephen yeah. Moffat creation. On, that was that was one of the the biggest, well, probably the most memorable um, new and likable new villains in the new series because they like to bring back the old ones. I think at first they were a bit hesitant about bringing new villains back, apart from the Dalek, and they only appeared a little bit before the end. 
Um, but the the angels being the statues that would only come to life and come at you when you weren't looking so at them. scary. Very clever idea. And brought brought in an episode that was very Dr. Light as well. He was mm. kind of sent back in the past and most of the action was, was some um, just randos, rando I, characters. I think, I don't, I like, because you, you've got two, two things, Doctor Who, don't you? You've got the history thing and you've got the sci-fi thing. Yeah, I wouldn't say there's any particular one that I would no. prefer more. It all depends on the context and the story that goes with it and whether and then, it's something I know about. So Yeah, sometimes I'll go into a future, you know, where humans are doing this, that or the other thing. Sometimes it's future miserable and sometimes yeah. it's future fun and sometimes future fun can be silly and sometimes future fun can be really engaging. I'm sure they've done this, but I'm it really would be quite difficult to please. interesting to see what the future of humanity is according to Doctor Who. Like mm. on a timeline, like what happens? Yeah. There must be. Well, very, some... very early on in the reboot, I think it was episode two, is when they go to the end of the earth, the world, don't they? And they're viewing it, and that's when it's got Cassandra played by Zoe Wanamaker, who's the the big stretch episode out piece of, of skin. Of the, yeah, of the, of reboot, the reboot. Yeah, yeah. and that yes. and that sees the earth get blown up at the end. Um, but it, villains wise, I wouldn't say there's any particular villain that's like, <laughs> oh, I love, I love them. I want to see the them master. back. Go I on. loved, I loved, loved, loved. Um, the one who yeah, took who, over the, who became the prime minister. Oh, John Sim. John Sim was so flipping amazing, and in my mind, tell me I'm wrong, Coronation Street fans, he could be David Platt. <laughs> yeah, Do you not think they're, they're visually mean. similar? And I can imagine if David Platt got in, got the the sort of the supernatural sort of powers that the master has. Um, he would cause as much chaos. I don't think and there's be as egotistical. I don't think there's insane. been a miss with the master. No. I think that John Sims' master in his final appearance, um, which was I think also David Tennant's last one, was um, he he'd gone a bit weird by then. It was when like the whole world was was John Sims yes, all over the place, and, and they yeah. made him a little bit too superhuman. Well, I just but he he was a brilliant actor. And he was so nasty, bombastic, and yeah. having just an unlikely wonderful time. Yeah, the, being one evil. of my um, one of my biggest memories of watching it was the scene where he's on the spaceship and he's playing that Scissor Sister song. I can't decide oh, if yeah, you should live or yeah. die. And um, I like I like that in, in the, that music in yeah, there. And yeah. then obviously Missy was I loved Missy. Oh, that the, the female master. Yes, she was so so good, and that was that was. You know, huge shoes to fill after John Sim and, again, and being the first female master yeah. as well. She was so much fun. Um, I particularly liked, there, there was lots of stuff with her I liked. I enjoyed um, an episode called The Witch is Familiar, I think, which also had Davros in, who, a big, big villain from the show, and it took them a while to get him into it. I thought that uh, Julian Bleach was, I can't remember who played Davros, was fantastic. Um, Michelle oh, Gomez played Missy, that's it, that's and she it. was, she's also. Of a comedic actress as well. Yeah, I think and that was really helpful. Doctor Who is a really great foster of of British talent, mm, of mm. yeah, of like um, UK talent, and um, it's really lovely to see some of the the people getting massive roles. At you know, yeah, who's the guy that they had playing the master in the recent series? Because he was good, I, I, and lots of people I've seen have such a, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
he, lots of people like had a him. lot of good things to say about him. I thought he was okay. I, no, I thought he was good. I preferred the previous incarnations. They, I haven't. I don't think we've seen enough of him. Um, no, I think but he's really, charismatic. the fact that he was tied up with the, I'm going to say, absolute disaster that was <gasps> Chris Chibnall's Doctor Who era. Which, he, he, which... he was the one, one of the only good things about this. So this was Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. Um, I, ju- I, mm. I just didn't get on with her and I was, <laughs> I was willing to accept a female Doctor. I thought she was okay. Listen. I hadn't seen her in anything else, but she kind of wound me up every time she called her gang fam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say this. You've you've criticised Jodie Whittaker's Doctor on this on our podcast, which is not even about Doctor Who before, and been accused of being misogynistic or you know in some way bigoted against women. And I'm just gonna say, it couldn't be further from the truth. That is just such a nonsensical thing to say. And as a woman, I know that there were people that threw their toys out of the pram when Jodie Whittaker was announced, and it was very hurtful, actually, to hear people saying that, you know, as sort of fictional sci-fi creature that could turn into anybody couldn't be a woman. Um, I found that idea really offensive and and sad that people said that. But if you're going to have watched all the episodes and say, I didn't get on with it... Um, that's not misogyny that's just having an opinion on something the, and I know you and I know that you oh yeah I'm just, I'm just giving all about a, strong women exactly it? I'm just giving a disclaimer here because it's I, a very tired I, um, kind I of didn't discussion. enjoy the stories I thought the writing was poor I thought that it was far too preachy um, <laughs> I thought that um, it was it was overproduced um, and the, the the stories were weak. I, I thought that really the companions were it. dreadful, apart from maybe uh, Bradley Walsh's um, Graham. I think it was called the companion. He was he was yeah he all was right. fun. Yeah, I liked him. Um, yeah, I was I was, was really it, uh, disappointed. Yeah, it personally. was it was just really but really. But they did as good as they you know they all tried really you know they did try they did try. The thing about but Jodie it just Whitaker, wasn't for me. Jodie Whittaker's doctor was that I wasn't scared of her and by no means you know that there are so many scary women in the world like Missy Michelle Gomez Mm. was sinister at times and you thought she could do anything you know she could blow up a planet or she could stab you in the neck or she could give you a cup of tea and a cake Mm. like Jodie Whittaker's doctor I didn't ever feel like there was some kind of dark reservoir of of kind of sinisterness mm. which is what i think the doctor's really about he's at the end of the day he's an alien and i think the best bits of doctor who plays on that and makes you realize this character you've been watching for years and you love and you think is brilliant you, you're never really quite sure like because of the amount of times he abandons his companions and moves on i think that's a really interesting trope something that is, is kind of tragic and sad and interesting and intriguing because you they have this super deep connection every time he kind of really or she they really connect so deeply with their companions and take them all the way through you know all, all the way through the world and show them the wonders and and it get excited the doctor every time they get a new companion because it's like seeing their world again fresh through someone else's eyes but um I think that with with Jodie Whittaker's doctor, I just didn't feel like she was just too nice. <laughs> she was kind of nice. She didn't feel alien enough to me or kooky enough. Yeah. She didn't feel she like she knew what she was doing. 
Um, yeah, but it, the she, thing she, is, she, it never felt. Never, it often didn't feel like it was her that was saving the day. It was yeah, some of the others. It was that's the boring Yaz. Okay, and like many times, the doctor didn't know what they were doing. That's part of the story. A lot of the time, is that the doctor's like, "What the hell's happened here? I'm not. This is where I didn't want to be here." Or, "Oh my gosh, we got to mm. get out of this," or whatever. But I always felt that they would come up with a plan and. I, I I just very rarely felt that about about Jodie's Doctor. I there were there were some good episodes. I think I enjoyed the first couple of the Flux mini season, um, but on the whole, we're, no, it really right. did, it didn't work for me. Right, but very excitingly, <laughs> Michael. Yeah, we can have to bring this uh, to a close well, it, so yeah. we can talk about. We're doing Coronation Street. So stuff. why are we talking about this? Well, because it's like, the 60th anniversary, 60th anniversary, and we're getting. David Tennant back again Yeah, so three episodes with um, Donna Noble. Yeah, which which to Catherine me is a, is a joy. It's a dream. I'm I'm ever so slightly apprehensive because it's been a long time since those two have been in it. Donna Noble's not. It's not her last episode because she did come back a little bit for a special, but her proper proper last episode, which was the end of series four, when um, the Doctor has to wipe her memory. This that is what was I mean. the most heartbreaking thing ever. At the end of the episode, yeah. and he like puts his hand on her yeah. brain, and she's like, "Oh no, 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 no!" And oh, then, and then she yeah. goes to visit. He goes I mean. and visits her in the house, she and he's like, know. "I'm going, Donna," and she's like, "Yeah, bye then." And because she's completely forgotten him. Oh, that, that really, is really what got I mean me. About and the companions and the the sadness mm. and the transitory nature yeah. of being. Like one minute you're the absolute right hand man of of this uh, time traveling alien, and the next minute he's like, "Bye." Yeah, um, and also some of her great episodes were with Bernard Cribbins, also oh, ex Coronation yeah. Street, which I've forgotten to add on the list later actually, um, as her granddad. I got a feeling, and I know he died. He's no, I he's think died. He's I think he's in these him. he's in these new ones for a little bit. I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I've I've got really really fond and precious memories of the Doctor and Donna together so I'm just a little please. bit apprehensive <laughs> that what good. 15 years later is that I don't know it, it could Gosh, be not so time good goes, doesn't it um, it really okay. really does but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it um, and, and, and very much um, with um, with, with what the future holds now, for it we talked talked we've not talked Street. about Coronation Street at all so far but you know what you're letting yourself in it's for, easy to you? compare the two though because They've been, you know, they both were created in the 60s. They were, They're yeah. Coronation Street has just pipped it as coming out for a few years before. Enduring national, some might say international institutions. Yes. Um, you know, there's a rivalry between the BBC and, the, and ITV, obviously. Well, yeah, even in the, in the 80s, Doctor Who was airing opposite Coronation Street. And I think that's one of the one of the many reasons why they ended up deciding to put it on hiatus in the end. It just wasn't get, they were getting the ratings anymore. Um, but I would say, you know, looking at it these days, I would still say that Doctor Who is the bigger show. Of course it is. <laughs> it pains me to say it, I suppose. Doctor Who is by far the, the the biggest show here because it's the more internationally loved. It's more international. It's got Disney money now behind it. It's gonna become even bigger mm. if that's even possible. The the thing is that Coronation Street suffers a little bit from over familiarity. It's on every week, every you know, every other day during the week, and so people take it for granted. Um, if Corey, you know, was a bit more, what's the word? If it was just, you know, a, a, maybe a limited run every year mm. for 60-odd years, I think it might have a bit more kudos. and um, Yeah, possibly. You've you, you really got to properly invested <laughs> in Coronation <laughs> you can't dabble. You can't dabble in, no, in Corrie, really. But, yeah, Doctor Who's known all around the world, and, and, and they'll it'll make appearance. People, shows will reference it, and 
um, and there's and there's fan conventions everywhere. And there's you can watch one so episode much. of Doctor Who. You can't watch one episode no. of Coronation. There's so much merchandise. There's the you don't um, get any fan conventions. Figures. No, there, there's get... nothing like that for Coronation Street. So Doctor no. Who wins out there. I'm gonna say. Um, I don't think it's a question. No, I know, I know. Um, I mean, rate, ratings wise, well, I'll be interested to see how Doctor Who does when it comes back. Um, I think it'll probably do better than Coronation Street is currently doing, but there's, there were definitely times, I think, in the new era that Corrie was rating more highly than Doctor Who. Um, but now Corrie's obviously gone down. There's going to be a big hurrah about Doctor Who coming back. But it's, it's, it's not really about ratings, um, especially. But um, yeah, Doctor that. We say that there's you've got to be really, really invested if you're a Coronation Street fan, but there's so much like extra media if you're a Doctor Who fan. Oh, yeah. So if you want to delve down that rabbit hole, you can go an awful lot further, I would say, than you could do with Coronation well, Street. Well, it depends. Yeah, there's, I mean... There's books, if you're not there's comics, about, yeah. there's games... There's, a, there's there's podcasts an, and audio books and yeah plays there, and, yeah there, there's lots there's an awful lot of audio episodes yeah. and the big finish um, do um, audio extra episodes so for example the eighth doctor which was Paul McGann came in for that ninety six special but he's done loads of adventures as the eighth doctor just yeah. in audio form only yeah so you can be an absolute nerdy culty and I say that being one myself. Um, fan yeah, super obsessed of of, of Coronation mm-hmm. of, of Doctor Who. But there's so much that you can do. Whether it's with Coronation Street, you can you can watch the show. There's a few a few books. Well, you can watch and that's kind of about it, isn't it? You can watch the, the whole. Yeah, that that counts for a lot. Um, but that's you know, and there are the plays, and there's the mm. the, the um, believe it or not, the soundtrack. You know, the musical soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. And, I don't think that if they did a Coronation books. Street spin-off book, I mean, there are a few Coronation Street spin-off books, but they they're not as big as a Doctor Who. Ones. If if they were if they decided to do extra Coronation Street comics or, or things like that, I I don't think they'd find the same audience at all. I don't know if you if you tried to compare Doctor Who and Corrie in their heydays, mm. I don't know which one you'd say. Yeah, no, I. Don't I think know. the thing is, it's America, isn't it? There's there's no nobody cares about Coronation Street in America. We've got some American okay. listeners. I'm not here. calling you guys nobody, but you, you're <laughs> listening to us because you haven't got anyone to talk to about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, there's no there's no significant cultural footprint in America for it. No, but there is for Doctor not Who, yet. which is why Disney's paying so much money. Mm. And it is. To it's, run it. it's going to go huge. And, and the and other thing as well, which is kind of frustrating if you're a Corrie fan, is that Doctor Who has just, thanks to all this new money, they've got an interest lying about um, because of the 60th anniversary. They've got all the episodes online now. You can watch them. Pretty much all from, of them, apart from the very well, first one. The control, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can't do that with Corrie. There's there are selected episodes. I mean, obviously you can't because there's like 10,000 episodes. But There's all the spin-offs with Doctor Who as well, which, I mean, Coronation Street had a few spin-offs, but I don't think anyone's clamouring to stream, pardon the expression, or, uh, or anything. Or, or, or yeah, exactly, are they? Um, and I think with all this this Disney money, there's going to be more spin-offs and things to come, and that's right up Russell T. Davis's alley, isn't it? He loves the wider universe of Doctor Who, me... and when he was in charge of Doctor Who, he put he put on Torchwood as yes, the spin-off, and good. he did the Sarah Jane adventures. Yeah. He really liked the Doctor Who brand, and I think that combined with Disney... This There's, is the beginning of out. a new era. Watch for out Doctor to get Who. very bored of Doctor Who. This is gonna. <laughs> I think it's gonna be like Marvel. 
Yeah, I think I wouldn't surprise me if that's. I wouldn't the be surprised if there's not going to be a, a movie, mm-hmm. like a fe- like a cinematic. because yeah, we went do. to go see. <gasps> yes, oh the Doctor Who fiftieth. We haven't we even mentioned that yet. That. So yeah, ten years ago, ten years ago this week, in fact, um, Gemma took me to on a surprise trip to see the Doctor Who fiftieth anniversary at the cinema, didn't you? We were I at did. our friend's house in Chichester, and I think I was being a bit narky because I wanted to watch Doctor Who, and we were at their house, and I was like, oh, we're gonna miss it. I want to watch it live with everybody else and then we you, you, we all drove off and I was like where are we going and you wouldn't tell me and then we turned up at the cinema and, and were able to watch the episode on the big screen and that had Matt Smith and David Tennant together yeah, was good. that was a really 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 great episode and it had Tom Baker appearing at the end yeah. the, uh, the museum curator I loved that and, and if the 60th anniversary stuff is half as good as uh, the 50th one was, I will be a, a very I'm just happy telling fan. you, there's no secret surprise No, are you sure? For you, you, know? you sure we're not going to go off We're not going to have a special guest star on our podcast who's going to walk through the door now. <laughs> you, you haven't got Millie Gibson just lined up. No. Not that she's in these um, anniversary episodes. I Let's... Um, Let's should we, should we properly properly move on to the Coronation Street cross? This is where the bits where we're probably this conversation, which is actually quite lively and fun, might turn into a bit of reading facts about things that happen. But we'll do our best. Before we do, let oh, me yeah. just say this fact you found. Oh, you, you oh yes. Say it? No, you can tell me. I you think can this move, is fantastic. Like oh, there you go. The then. Doctor Who theme is the third longest continually used piece of theme music in Western entertainment, behind only. James Bond and Coronation Street. Yeah, Coronation James Street is, uh, is up there at number one. So isn't that amazing? Those those three are just... Again, you know, I said if you could pick two things, I'd say if you added a third thing to represent what is it, what is British culture, what do we export to the world, James, James Bond is Bond. a pretty good yeah. example. <laughs> and maybe if you mix the three up, you might get a glimpse of what it's like mm. to be truly British so okay. an international um, time travelling spy that they just sh- spies on their neighbours <laughs> <laughs> this is what they should test you on in your citizenship test isn't yeah. it if you want to be British yeah. what are the three best things we've ever done in the world <laughs> <laughs> so um, Millie Gibson let's talk let's talk our mills let's talk about Amelia now she's going to be playing a character called Ruby Sunday in um, the, the next series of Doctor Who and Part of my research for this episode was kind of going, oh yeah, and part of it was big surprises, and and, and I'm hoping that there'll be some surprises for people coming that didn't realise, or people coming up for people that didn't realise things that I also didn't realise. But my one of my surprises was that I'd completely forgotten that Millie's first episode debuts this Christmas. I was. Com- completely convinced that we would have to wait until maybe autumn 2024 to find out what um, Millie is like in her role as Ruby Sunday. By the way, I forgot to say, she played Kelly Nealon on Coronation Street. I am super, super excited. Also get a bit trepidatious because I desperately want this to be good, but really, really excited to see how she is as a companion, aren't you? Nobody can doubt her acting talent. No. Millie Gibson was... One of the best newcomers in Corrie for for years. Mm. Her performances, she's so charismatic, so much fun to watch, and she's they gave re- her some really challenging storylines. Yeah, yeah, and she, she did a fantastic snapped, job. Snapped away from Coronation Street too soon because there was there was time at the beginning of her era on Coronation Street when she didn't have as many things to do and she was just that teen. But I think once they realised what they had something really really special there with her. Um, and they gave her, like you said, some really challenging stuff in the second half um, with Seb's 
been kicked to death and and and, well, and the Gary story yeah she was so so, so good on Coronation again Street. I don't know who we're talking to here because we might be talking to people that are Doctor Who fans if, if you're worried about you know or if you're you're at all nervous about what she's going to be like you don't worry about it she is excellent yeah she I can't praise her enough mm. and she's a lovely person as well <laughs> she's a really we have lovely. met her a couple of times we, we've yeah. sat and, and had drinks with her and she's very very lovely and she's just the nice and she's she only what how old is she now 19 maybe she's so young she's she's so young but very wise and super talented and, and this is going to be loads of fun She's just... She's really, you guys really are lucky. lucky. Doctor Who fans are lucky. You're, you're really, really lucky to have her. She's... Yeah. I, I don't know how long she's going to stay in Doctor Who. I mean, most of the companions stay, three what, years. two, three, four years. This is going to be the launch pad for her. Because Karen, Karen Gillum's gone on to you know, do Hollywood, Gosh, hasn't she? I remember she? when Karen left Doctor Who and there was a picture of her. She took a photo of herself with her head shaved because she was going to play... I've forgotten the character's name. Don't uh, ask me about Marvel in, films. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. And everyone's like, oh no, she, I can't believe it. She's She's been forced to shave her head for a sci-fi movie. <laughs> her, her career's going down the drain. Oh gosh, what what kind of stupid movie is this? That And then it's like, yeah, everybody, she's like a fantastic Hollywood actress now. Yeah, and I loved her in Doctor Who. She was so, so good. And I, I, I don't doubt that Millie Gibson's character Ruby is going to be similarly wonderful. Whether is she going to be up there Nebula, with with with, with Rose? Is she going to be up there with with Donna? I don't I've know, but I really really hope so. Because it's it's not just about the individual characters; it's also about how well they gel and the chemistry with the Doctor. So it's probably going to partly depend on how well I get on with with this new Doctor. Um, but I'm, I'm, how well I rem- do you get on? Do you remember when we found out that yes. she was going to be on it? We were, it was it was Children in Need last year, I yes, think, it was. wasn't it? And you um, were watching something else, and I was watching it on the laptop. Yeah, that's on my right. IPad. And we uh, we were kind of interested to see who it was, but not like you know whatever. And we weren't like gagging to see. No. And and she that they had a TARDIS yeah, on the stage hey, yeah. and then she comes out of the TARDIS yeah. and you show me the laptop and you're like look who it is look who it is and I kind of thought it's, I, I, I don't know I turned who it around that? and showed you yeah, yeah. And, and, and I was you like who's reacting? that who's that I was I like, I wasn't... I stu- have I gone mad yeah you're saying oh, yeah have I and, and then we I both like, realised it was her we, we just couldn't <laughs> we didn't expect it we couldn't, I couldn't believe, believe it. it I couldn't believe it just I, I don't oh, oh it was surreal yeah yeah and um literally it was the most if my mum had come out, I wouldn't have been under the same <laughs> level of shock. She she talked afterwards, uh, as you might expect, about how her phone blew up after that, and I I I, yeah, was that, the- I, <laughs> I contributed to that. I did send Millie a text message after yeah. that saying, "Oh my gosh, this is so exciting!" And I messaged her mum. I DM'd yeah. her mum, who's also lovely. Lovely. Um, yeah, they're both lovely. Very very nice people, Millie yeah. and Millie and Paula, um, and. Oh, just just incredible, and she's done a fair bit. Well, not fair, but she's done some press since. I think it's going to ramp up more around Christmas and the New Year when the new series starts. But um, she says that she also grew up watching Doctor Who with her dad. She says that Matt Smith is her favourite Doctor as well. Nice. So um, excellent taste there, Millie. Um, and it wasn't until her last day filming on Coronation Street that she found out that she was going to get the audition. And I think that was the period when we were up there because we went to... I think to... we met her the, the day that she got the audition. No, no, we... 
She had a party. That's not the first time you met her, though, was it? No, no. I, I can't remember whether her last day filming was also her party day. Oh, I, don't I, I don't remember, but it was it I was it, it was summer last year, um, and so she 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 found out that she got the audition. She sent in a yeah self on her tape. last day filming. So she left Corrie not having anywhere to go, which I think is really brave. And this is just kind of like if you wrote this in a movie. You know, mm. getting called on her your last day filming Corrigan, you got an audition to be a companion in Doctor Who. Yeah, and her, her in person audition, she had to do a self tape, but then her in person audition was on the day after Kelly Nealon's last episode of Coronation Street were broadcast as well. So it all tied in perfectly. Oh, well and done. She, the, when she found out that she got the part, she was having a spray tan for the National Television Awards. So um, it's all, all fate and all. Oh, I'm. I'm, I'm I, I don't know. I don't think they've revealed a whole lot about her. They they don't want to start that new era until and sort of take away yeah. any of the shine from the David Tennant Catherine David Tennant Catherine. What's Tate. her name? Tate specials. <laughs> but I I am really excited about being really excited to be a Doctor Who fan again in this new series after after the little blip we've just had over the last few years and, and no offence to anyone who has enjoyed the Jodie Whittaker stuff as, it's just as we always say if you enjoyed it then that's fa- fantastic and there's so many things that you know everyone enjoys different stuff it's fine it's, mm. it doesn't make you a bad I wish we would get away from the idea that it makes you a bad person if you would liked or didn't like something <laughs> right so behind the scenes there are some major people that have worked on both things, haven't there? So well, we've got a few here. Russell T. Davis, I'd say, is kind of a major person, isn't he? Yeah. So he's he was the executive <laughs> producer and head writer of Doctor Who from the reboot in two thousand and five. He he did like five six years or so on Doctor Who, and he was it was thanks to him that Doctor Who's reboot, were well, partly thanks to him. Did did so well. He yeah. pushed it. He did all these different avenues. He did the spin-offs. He was so so passionate. A Doctor Who fan. Such a clever man. He's like one of our top TV producers. He's gone on and done loads of other big things. I mean, he had done big things before, like Queer as Folk, for example. But I think there's an awful awful lot of respect for Russell T Davis in the industry, and uh, I'm really excited that he's the person that's heading the show now in its next era I think it was about a year or so ago that we found out that it was going to be him who mm. was running it and I was so pleased that Chris Chibnall who just I didn't think did a good job as a producer stepped down and an RTD as he's known by um, his friends and everybody can we call you RTD yeah um, I, I'm really really glad that he's taken he's, I he's call him Russ again, but... and I sh- and I I do this with his oh, head I kind of like tussle his I, hair can I also say <laughs> Russell T Davis commented on yeah, our did. Instagram. That's why this we're friends week. now. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> we have we got we've got forty minutes, fifty minutes into the podcast without mentioning. Hope you like the Doctor Who themes cover image that we've got for our podcast this week. That I've made yeah. a duck wear Doctor uh, Doctor Who's fourth Doctor's outfit, but I uh, put it up on Instagram. And thank you very much, Sally Ann Matthews. You're amazing. We love you. You added um, Russell T Davis yeah, in, and um, and then he thank said, "Oh, amazing!" Yourself. So that's that was. That definitely made my Sunday night having Russell T. Michael Davis was just like glowing, Instagram. levitated. Um, but anyway, 
Um, I've got huge, huge respect for him. I, I did. I was pleased to see him move over to Stephen Moffat because I'd uh, back, you know, in two thousand and ten. Because I move heard over to Stephen for Moffat. Stephen Moffat. I mean, okay. because I'd heard great things about him. But I'm so excited about him being back. And I think I didn't realise at the time that he had been working on Coronation Street. I was going to say, why are we talking about him? A little bit as well. Yeah, he was a storyline on Coronation Street back in the early 90s. But weirdly, and I don't know I don't know the, the story behind this, he was only there for nine episodes in, <laughs> in March and April 1993. Although having a look at the episodes that he was involved in storylining, there were some real classic scenes there. He was involved in the stories where um, more Maureen came onto the show and was rekindling her romance with Reg Holdsworth and then she takes him home to meet Maud and we both love that scene yeah, that where, where Reg goes to see Maud and um, she's lost her glasses and doesn't recognise him until she puts yes, them on. that was good, yeah. That was, da- that was partly so, so down he to would, Russell yeah, T. Yeah, the concept, the storyliner is somebody that kind of puts together the story. Yeah, exactly. Which, so I assume which, that he on, had his hand in that might, pie finger. Yeah, it didn't write the script. So no. It's different from a script writer, but... Yeah, helping to say, how's like this going to work? The, yeah. Um, it also had the beginnings of the story where Percy Sugden found that his ex-army mate, Nobby Clark, was dead. Not a huge story by any means, but I, really, en- I really enjoyed that. Um, and that was what put him in touch with Nobby's widow, Olive, who Percy then had a bit of a candle for, but then he proposed to and she turned him down. Um, there was also a bit... Um, of the Lisa Duckworth getting run over story in there. The gunman in Better Buy. All this happened in the space of like two weeks. So <laughs> I don't know whether you remember when Andy was working at Better Buys and Jim was there as a security guard, I think. And a, and a gunman comes in and, and Jim gets scared and Andy ends up jumping at him and um, Reg and Maureen are off... Um, having a lusty date or something during this time. Lusty date. Um, that was a, that's a very memorable scene for me. So it's quite cool that Russell T Davis was in charge of that. But the weirdest thing that, his weirdest contribution, I would say, to Coronation Street history was writing the script for the 1997 spin-off of VHS, Viva Las Vegas. Now that's top of the CV, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, we, is it last, I think, no, two years ago, I think we watched that. It was when we were doing our, our DVD rewatch of the whole of the, the Coronation Street history and we got to the 90s and we found, I think it's available on um, on YouTube. I don't think we... Well, don't... I'm not sure if we found it by other nefarious means. It's illegal. Um, And I'm not going to say that was Coronation Street's um, highest moment, but it saw the reintroduction of Ray Langton. It gave Tracy Shaw an opportunity to promote her new single on a Coronation Street (laughs) theme thing. It was... It, it was, was all right. It was a show. It was, it was, it was a made. show. It was yeah. bombastic. I, and the fact that RTD wrote it is just bizarre to me. Okay. I like... This This to me is more bizarre because he also had planned a spin-off, um, like a very sh- sort of short series, 12 scripts were written, for a spin-off with Kevin and Sally. Yeah. So in the, the 90s. This, yeah, that kind of shows that he wanted... He liked expanding Again, yeah. the universe like he's done with Doctor Who. And yeah, his plan was to put together a Kevin and Sally spin-off. I want to read these. Moved out. I'd love to read scripts. those. 12 scripts where they get into a bit of money, move down south, and we get to find out about their peculiar neighbours down there, um, which which included a Mrs. Mangle-type woman, a, a boozy housewife... Um, there'd be a pizzeria or a boisterous Italian family. So it feels like it got, you know, quite a way into the scripting process. But ITV were like, no, nah, don't don't like that. 
but yeah, I've, <laughs> this is interesting just to me so because funny. I'm really I'm really interested to know more about this because mm. um, at what point were Kevin and Sally ever going to leave the show? Well, I wonder because if he was if he was involved in Coronation Street in '93, this was three four years before Natalie Horrocks landed herself on the street, and that relationship was completely blown apart yeah. because people were saying, well, the writers the were saying that they were couple. the safest, yeah, couple on the street. So I don't think that. The Rock was setting in with Kevin and Sally. I think maybe a I'm little bit say, by that time. But Sally didn't really have a personality. No, no, she didn't. Not, I not in '93. How did Russell T. Davis write her? Because her, as we know her now, as this, you know, snob. Yes, a hilarious, unself-aware snob. She was nothing like that in the '90s. So not, not until she was the late very '90s, mousy mum, yeah. really. And it was kind of that Natalie Horrocks kind of ignited a fire. That ignited a fire, and it was when Rosie got old enough to yeah. go um, to, and she became the pushy mum, and yes. that's what they latched onto. So I, I'm totally not, I'm not her. convinced that a Kevin and Sally spin-off would have been as fun as we couple. might be expecting. Yeah, it to if you're be. imagining current Kevin and, and Sally, if they were dating, if they were married. It, it, it wouldn't have been like that so I would love to know more yeah anyway also Phil Collinson yeah so he was producer of Coronation Street when our podcast started and I think back then in 2012 we weren't really interested in who the producers were we didn't really know very much about the behind the scenes stuff and it was only about three months into the Conversation Street that it was announced that Phil Collinson was leaving and we're like whatever will what comes next it, it was going to then be this that then moved on to Stuart Blackburn um, but yeah he'd been he'd been producer of Doctor Who alongside Russell T Davis between 2005 and 2008 so I've First I've never series. I've not really yeah I've not really thought too much about it before doing this but having an ex Doctor Who producer producing Coronation Street that's that's pretty big isn't it that's that's quite incredible these days it's like either you got the same person that we've had for ages like we've got Rhea McLeod or they just recycle Emmerdale producers and put them up to Coronation Street but the idea that producers can come from anywhere and the BBC no less yeah it, I think we would have lost our minds if this had happened any other point I think yeah you're, you're right like if Russell right. T Davis became a producer of Coronation Street he's my dream future producer he's very very respectful he's got lots of good things to say about soaps in general and I think well, he's... he would do a very good job but I don't think he's interested in that no I'm I going don't to, think so I'm going can we convince say... him maybe we can have a meeting <laughs> maybe if he listens to this I don't know maybe but when he... he's done with Doctor Who <laughs> <laughs> so Phil but Collins I'm just going to say he's like a fans a fans producer isn't he yeah he... yeah absolutely yeah. Anyway, Phil. He he he's old, working. Old PC. He's working it. alongside RTD on the new series of Doctor <laughs> Who as well. Yeah. Um. And but for Coronation Street, his biggest triumphs were well the fiftieth anniversary celebrations. He was there from two thousand and ten two thousand and thirteen. So literally, this big ex Doctor Who producer was put in charge. We need something big for the fiftieth anniversary. Off you go, and. Uh, off he went because as we all know the tram episodes the tram crash episodes of Coronation Street were absolutely fantastic and filmic and brilliant and 
Um, I had ex- we, I saw we got a request to do an episode. We did. We got an email review to the. And I've been uh, telling you this for years. To talk about the tram crash. I, I told you we, we should do that do sometime. But character yeah, profiles, he, but of um, stories. Phil Collinson reintroduced Dennis Tanner, brilliant, among others like Jim and Todd and Wendy. Um, the Price family were down to Phil Collinson. Don't oh well, you can't win them, them all. No. Um, Kylie Platt came in underneath Phil Collinson's rule. The Tinkers did. Um, so. Yeah, I, I I don't know what more to say particularly, but I yeah. think it's just quite funny to think that a Coronation Street producer could be someone who's come from a show of such pedigree as Doctor Who. Well, see, you said earlier which one's the which one's the biggest show, and you're giving it away by saying that I can't believe a Doctor Who producer has worked on Corrie. <laughs> yeah, that's Do you see? true. If if um if Ian McLeod moves on from Coronation Street to Doctor Who, are the are the Doctor Who fans going to be? quite as wowed by that. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe so, they will. Now, we're going to list people who were in... So there's List an attempt to discuss. Listen, right. There are actors who were in Doctor Who before they were in Corrie. Yeah. And there were actors who were in Corrie and then went into Doctor Who. Springboard okay? to start. Now, this is kind of like if you did an episode about the bill <laughs> or casualty. Because there's, they've been around for so many years... There are so many actors who've been in both of these things. We can't do We're not all. talking about all of them, so don't write in and tell us we missed out somebody who played a... Like Bernard Cribbins is yeah. quite important don't, and I haven't written any we're, notes We're selecting him, some people. But he was great in both. And you might be surprised to know that Helen Worth, that's right, Gail Platt, was in Corrie... Was in... <laughs> Corrie. Got it wrong. <laughs> I was in Doctor Who before she was in Corrie. And these, just to remind everybody, all of these, mostly, you know, 99% of these are available to watch the Doctor Who episode. Yeah, so you can actually out. go and watch her play Mary Ash in Colony in Space in 1971. I think, uh, is it like a three or four episode? No, no, it's more, it's more than that. We've seen three of the episodes. The way Doctor and Who works. And molests a space colony. Yeah. That's what, the story. That, what more? <laughs> what they're going to turn off the podcast now and go and listen to it, Gemma. Well done. Um, no, the, the way that Doctor Who worked back in the day was that they would have serials that would last for seven or eight episodes, I, I think, on the, on the same story. Whereas now you get, it's mostly single episodes but where you maybe, maybe get the thread. odd two-parter mm-hmm. here and then. But yeah, Colony in Space was basically... I think what? it should be... Colony in Space! Colony in Space involved the third Doctor. Yeah, John Pertwee, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was, yeah. Um, Who was dressed up like an operatic vampire. Yeah. (laughs) Travelling far to the far future where he landed on a planet which looked an awful look like a quarry. And um, there was Maybe a, in Wales. There was a colony there and they were having a bit of an argy-bargy with the natives, weren't they? Yes. Um, and and uh, the and they character were, they were eating of, soup out of, t- out of uh, tin yes. pots. Gail, we only can talk more about this because we've literally just watched some of it in the last few weeks just to, to prepare us for this Gail episode. We can't say we've done that for anything else. A waif. Yes, Mary Ash was very Gaelish in some ways. She, she, was, she, was, just a, she was just a nice young woman who... She doesn't look like Gail Platt. <laughs> look like a young Gail young. Platt. She was very kind of delicate, wasn't she? Yeah, she was like. Um, I think I think that as the ep- as the serial goes on, she kind of has a bit more fire in her belly. Happen, we haven't yeah. seen it, and she's kind of saves the day in some ways. But she's very kind of plummy. She's not. She doesn't have. A she she doesn't have accent. the Gail accent. She's just got a very nice delicate. Hello? 
my name's Hello, Mary. Hello, I'm English Ash. in the 70s kind yeah. of voice. It was really funny seeing her and the fact that this came three years before she hit the stardom as Gail. It's a nice little... Um, Nice little sneaky snippety look into her, her performance. Previous she's not been in CV. many things because she's been Gale. She's been so Gale, long. and once you're Gale, why would you? Why would you become else? anything else? So very easy to check out. It might be if you're interested, go have a look on BBC iPlayer if you've got access to that, and uh, and see Gale before she was Gale. Now Trevor George, who plays um, Ed Bailey. Ed Bailey, he was in the episode The Runaway Bride, which is when. The first episode with Donna. Yeah, this is the episode where I saw Donna and I didn't get on with her whatsoever. So it really, I didn't look forward to the fact that she'd be coming back how Ron I was. But what I didn't realise, and there were lots of surprises in this. Obviously back then we didn't know that 15 years later we'd be enjoying Trevor George in his role of Ed Bailey. But he played the vicar. He was marrying um, Donna. He was going to marry her, her to somebody else. Yeah, yeah. And, Not and get married to her. No, no. But she gets beamed into the TARDIS. And he's like, oh my gosh, where's, where's Donna Noble gone? A lot of these episodes we've not seen since they were first on. I've maybe seen a bit of that one. Gemma's mum... She'd, she'd Doctor Who us under the table, wouldn't she? She should be on She's, the show. She, she watches them frequently on repeat just over and over chronologically again. and then returns back to the to the beginning of series one Should with Rose everything. again yeah. but um, so I may may have seen bits of it but yeah he, he was the vicar in he that he gets injured by a bomb from a robotic Christmas tree yeah so um, and I'm going to say probably not as traumatic as some Corrie Christmases yeah very very true yeah uh, Patty Clare now she wasn't in Doctor Who but she did appear in Torchwood which was the racy Doctor Who spin-off set in Wales set in Wales I, li- I, I liked it early I like a nice Welsh accent end, as you know it was I really Do- didn't Torchwood we didn't really oh, talk no, about no. that at all earlier I it, it start, the, the main star was um, Jack Harkness wasn't it who was the space adventuring hunk Sorry, I just heard screaming. Oh, well, it's just... I didn't hear a scream, but I guess it's in theme with Doctor Who. excited about us doing this podcast. Whoa, Captain Jack! Yeah, John Barrowman! So he was was very popular in Doctor Who, wasn't he? So they gave him his own spin-off show. And it had... um, It was set in Wales, and I can't remember any of the actors or actors. Who was the one... That was in... Dr. Oh, Bern Gorman. He was in Corrie. He, yeah, he was. He was in it as well. He, he was played, um, um, a cult leader. Remember. He was Yeah, he was the cult leader in Coronation Street, wasn't he? And he played... I can't remember what the character was called in Torchwood, but he was a bit of a... Was I a liked nasty it. piece of work? Well, he was a remember. complicated character, wasn't yeah. he? There were lots of great characters in Torchwood. There was Yanto, who oh, was Jack's boyfriend Yanto's slash shy. secretary, maybe. There was um, Gwen Cooper, who... Fantastic. I really, she's so good. I'd love her to come into Coronation Street. Eve Moyles, I think she was called. Oh, she yeah, she should be. We've so, been so screaming good. out for a Welsh character on Corrie. I and would she would be great. Very, very much Phone like her to up. see her in it. Phone her up. Um, Where's who's her agent? Torchwood started well. Well, it, so it had two. It had two series, and then it had the third series, which I think was the. Um, like the episode a day over the course of a week, The Children of Earth, which did very well. I liked it at the time. Then it just got a bit American, didn't it? And I think it was, there were episodes produced, set in America. 
Um, and it was like our prob- version of the X Files. The problem, the main problem with Doctor Who, I found, was they kept killing off the main cast. And it's not like Game of Thrones where Doctor there's always Who? A- Do you mean sorry, Torchwood. They kept killing off the main cast, and it's not like Game of Thrones where there's plenty of other main cast just waiting in the wings. There was only like a, a main team of five or six on Torchwood at the beginning, and by the time series four or five or however many it got to rolled around a Torchwood, there was basically just Captain <laughs> Jack and um, Gwen. and and Gwen. Gwen Cooper left, Gwen Cooper. And, and and they were both probably the best characters in it, but it didn't work without the rest of the gang for me. Anyway, but anyway, Patty, Patty Clare, Clare, who plays Mary, yeah, Mary in Coronation Street, she played um, the character of Ruth, who was um, Gwen Cooper's husband's Reese's secretary, and you oh. can see this on YouTube. The episode was called Meat, which I don't, I think I didn't really like that one so much. But um, she's there for like a scene, and uh, and that Hooray! was that was just a little bit before Coronation Street. So um, you there can go and check that out. That. Yeah, maybe. Now Michelle Collins, who is everyone's favourite landlady on Coronation Street, recently made a triumphant return to EastEnders. She has, yeah. Um, she played Catherine McDonald in episode. 42. Yes, yeah, so not not episode number 42. Sorry, I've just realised that series I've got three. some incomplete notes coming what up. What does that mean? She, <laughs> in, in series three of Doctor Who, of the there, re- was an, yes, there was an okay. episode called 42. I don't remember why oh. it was called 42. <laughs> um, can you so just Google was... who this person is that I'm pointing out? Yes, I can, yeah. um, So th- this episode, this is one of the ones from series three that I didn't really get on with. And like I said, there are definitely plenty of Doctor Who episodes that just don't particularly float my boat but I'll enjoy it for what it is and the concept of this episode was that um, she was the captain of a spaceship that was collecting energy in the future from a sun not knowing that the sun was actually a living being and they were really quite hurting it by drawing energy from it um, and basically this creaturey something uh. pulls the ship towards the sun and then there's a bit where like some people got sun glowing out their eyes I don't remember I have I absolutely have not seen that episode since it first aired in what 2007 or so I didn't think much of it but Michelle Collins who later goes on to play Stella Price in Coronation Street was in it and she ends up sacrificing herself at the end of the episode by injecting herself into space through the airlock and that somehow saved her crew I can't remember major character she's the captain yeah so that's not particularly a case of um, before they were famous which you might say about Helen Trevor and Patty because she was fairly famous before that but it was still before Coronation Street which is why I'm counting it here now Fraser Hines he is was next. in Corrie in um, between March and June in 1965 as Roger Wayne he was a um, Lucille Hewitt had a crush on him right um, and in Corrie uh, this is a side note he was married to Gemma Craven who is who I am named after uh, are you Yes. Really? Oh, okay. That's interesting. That's an interesting. Who was he in Doctor? Sorry, my, this is I don't have he notes for this. Jamie really... McCrin McCrimmon. McCrimmon, who was actually a um, what more episodes than any other companion. Oh, okay. So that's so quite was, an important companion. He was a regular. Um, so this was after he was in Corrie, but he was a regular companion for the Second Doctor between uh, nineteen sixty six and nineteen. 69. Well, there we go. Um, thank you for that. I, I obviously wrote his name down at the weekend and forgot to do any research, but nicely smoothed over. Now, Mark Eden. This this was a fascinating one for me. This was one of my bits on Sunday. I was like, what? Really? So, Mark Eden is famous in Coronation Street for playing um, 
Alan Bradley, name of the I had then, Alan Bradley, Jenny's dad, famously hit by a tram in Blackpool, of course. But he played Marco Polo in the fourth serial of Doctor Who back in 1964. Now, this was the first time that a famous person had ever been, like a famous person from the past, was featured in a Doctor Who story because oh. I think the first story, did they go back to caveman Don't times? I can't me. remember. And then there's some future ones with the Dalek. So the way Doctor Who is now is sometimes there'll be historical episodes, sometimes there'll be sci-fi future episodes. And this was the very first historical episode of Doctor Who. And Mark Eden played the titular character of Marco Polo. So that's really, really cool. I'd say Marco Polo, don't you think his stock has really dropped in recent years? He's not as big a name in historical figures as he used to be. No. No. Oh. Don't you agree? Who is Marco? I don't even know who Marco Polo He's the man is. who invented swimming pools. Oh, I thought it was the man who invented the mint with a hole. No, he's the one who invented the game where you shout Marco Polo. Sorry, I don't know who Marco Polo is. <laughs> but he's a very important historical character. So important. Michael, you're supposed to I spent flipping hours getting prepared for this episode he on Sunday. I can't be expected. In Asia, right? I don't know. I've got really bad general knowledge. He travelled through Asia. Okay, okay, fine. So the doctor goes and visits him. Sadly, this is one of the episodes... He's not on the curriculum, so Michael doesn't know. I don't don't teach him. This is one of the episodes you can't see. And um, unlike Coronation Street, which has only got half an episode missing throughout its entire run... In the, uh, the a lot of the early years of Doctor Who are missing because of the BBC's policy to wipe Just tapes. Just chuck and, stuff in the bin. Yeah, once it's been on, why do we need to keep then? And there has been a restoration project and, pe- and there's been appeals trying to get people to raid their attics to see if they've got missing episodes of Doctor Who. And every now and then they'll find bits here and there or find audio from them and maybe and they've done wow. they've made animated versions of some of these early episodes. But Marco So frustrating. Really, really is. I mean, I'm frustrated by the fact that there's half an episode, half an episode of Corrie. But maybe that's the most frustrating thing because when we started the podcast, we didn't even realise that, did we? It was only within the first few years of the podcast that it was discovered that this episode was missing. But anyway, this this was the the longest episode of uh, the longest longest serial of Coronation Street, Doctor Who. Sorry, that's completely missing, and I think it's the first. The, uh, like the earliest serial that's missing as well. So and if that, you want to go and see what Alan Bradley was like before Alan can't. Bradley, you can't. And that is why Marco Polo has, has um, slunk into obscurity. That's why I didn't know who Marco Polo yeah. was, because the episode's been deleted. Exactly. How are we supposed to know? <laughs> there was also a scene in the, in the episode, apparently, where he like narrates over a scene. There's like a map and it shows where oh. they're exploring and Marco Polo's character narrates. And, and that was the... Exactly, and um, and that was the first time that that had happened on Doctor Who, and also one of the very few times that characters have narrated over the over the action. I know Jenna Coleman did it at one point. I, I'd really like to be able to see that, but um, sadly can't. And he predicted the iPhone, and he told everybody to buy shares in Google. No, he, no, he didn't. Stop it. That confuses. I can say what I like. Stop taking advantage of my ignorance of some historical it. figures. Right, Jeffrey Hinsliff. Yeah, so this was Don Brennan in Coronation Street. He played Jack Tyler in a 1977 story, Image of the Ferndale and Fish. Is that is that the whole title? Yeah. Image of the Ferndale and Fish. Oh, no, no, he played a character called Fish. He was Michael, a human. Oh, my God, you didn't write this so I can write you it. You do the research. So, no. And he also played somebody, somebody else, Michael He played Reader. a character called Fish. 
I think. In 1979's Doctor Who so series, Nightmare of Eden. Yeah, he was in it twice. Okay, He had brown you. hair. So yeah, that's, that's who, a reason to and watch. And who did he play in Corrie? Don Brennan. Don Brennan, who only had one leg. <laughs> he only had one this leg. This is all going and wrong. We told you this would happen. Okay. When we get to the bit that we don't really know what we're talking about, this podcast is falling apart. But I Don... enjoyed seeing a picture of Gen- Jeffrey Hinsliff with brown hair. And that's as much as I can Michael say. Michael Shadenshaw. We've not me. seen any of the episodes. Don Savadin. Yeah, Nightmare of Eden. Was that a nightmare oh. about Mark Eden? And, yeah. Uh, going, <laughs> no, I've deleted all the episodes. <laughs> yeah, well, <I'm> <laughs> John Savadon. Now here's somebody See, we know if I was, more about. If I was an enterprising young actor in the early, you know, last century, whatever. Twentieth <laughs> century. No, more recently than that. Twenty-first. I would have said I was in Doctor Who, and they can't prove I wasn't. Yeah, that's a good. Apart from the fact that they do have cast lists. No, I'd just say they must like have left that. it off. But I swear to God, I was in it. So John Savadon famously played Fred Elliot. I say played Fred Elliot. From uh, 1996, onwards tonight to 2000 and whenever he played, so he played the squire in a 1982 episode of Doctor Who called The Visitation, and this was set in um, 1666, I believe. I've written 1966. I was going to say that's true. not that historical. No, he it was it was in um, it was in Stuart times, I think, which was oh. I'm sure you can imagine absolutely perfect for the type of actor that John Savadon was. I think he, he had was... a little beard. He was built to be a, a sort of um, a rural land-owning mm. Yeah, gentry. he was born Landed out of gentry, his time, yeah. wasn't he, John Savage? He was killed by an android, as many people were. Back in, in, the, in the 17th in those... century, yeah. yeah. Haven't yeah. seen any of that, but I'd be quite interested to go and have a look at it. Go and check it out. This is just our recommendations list. So, Sean Gallagher. This was one that I didn't realise. This was another nice surprise for me. So he played Paul Connor in Coronation Street. So that Street. was Carla's first husband. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who owned the factory. He was brothers with... Um, Liam. Liam Connor. They're all dead now. Yeah, all dead. He died in a car accident with Leanne in the boot. Um, but he, he had played Chip in the New Earth episode of Doctor Who, which was, I think, the first episode of series two of the reboot. Oh, so this was um, this was another one set in the in the future with Cassandra, the Zoe Wanamaker character that I mentioned earlier, that was a big old square big of, of skin, skin. Um, that was then supposed to be the last human being alive. Um, and Chip was like her clone slave, I think. Um, and, and Cassandra, as part of the episode, <laughs> ends up putting her consciousness into various people's bodies, including Rose's <laughs> and the Doctor's, but then also Chip's. So Sean Gallagher has to pretend to be Zoe, Zoe Wanamaker. Wanamaker. I want more money for Harry Potter. That, that had a, That's how I would do it. If I was Zoe Wanamaker, I would be never shutting up about the fact that they cut me out of the Doctor Who films after the first one. I can't Doctor remember. Who films? I've come better. I'm getting on with Harry Potter, Harry Potter films. films. I'm getting on with franchises mixed up. Now here's... But that, that, one, I, that one was a Harry really... Potter's also quite a famous thing that was invented in it was it was yeah actually that's a very good <laughs> point but not not as old <laughs> as Doctor Who and Coronation Street and James Bond and James Bond um, yeah. that had a really sweet end to the episode because the whole thing with this Cassandra character is that she used to be a normal human being and then she just wanted to get plastic surgery after plastic yeah. surgery until she was just a big sheet of skin beautiful though. and then when she possesses the body of Sean Gallagher's character they then go back in time and he well, she, in his body, goes and finds an earlier version of herself and says, like, oh, you're beautiful as you are. And then he dies because of the the, 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 trauma. the, the trauma of the bodies intermingling and things like okay, that. So and that, that was a lovely moment. But there we go. There's Sean Gallagher. My, my question is, 
which which friend which show Doctor Who or Corey has the more far fetched story? <laughs> <laughs> Which one makes which one is the hardest to explain if you didn't watch the episode? <laughs> <laughs> I think that the people listening to this know what they're letting themselves. They know what they're. They know what it's talking about. Will Thorpe Jammer. So he played Chris Gray. So that's the guy who pretended he had a brain tumor. He is, yeah. So he's the one who was going out with the girl Cheryl. who was dating. Lloyd. Who played Lister in, in Red, Red Dwarf, Dwarf, which is also another great British export yes. that's based in science fiction. Yeah. So he um, was in uh, Korea in 2010-2011, but he um, played Tobias Zed in The Impossible Planet and The Satan Pit. So this was a two-parter in episode in series two of Doctor Who where they... Where the, of the, the remake. Ta- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm always going to be talking about the remake, especially no, if I said to, 2010 know, and 2011 to... and dated it a bit. But yeah, the, the, this was an episode where I think the TARDIS ends up going and finds a planet that was near a black hole and it, it was a bit unclear about why it wasn't being sucked into the black hole and then it all turned out. It's the, basically, it's the episode with the devil. If you Do you remember there was a bit where Doctor goes underneath, sort of with the inside Who a planet and I doctor? think... Tenant, okay, and he and there's this giant creature called the Beast, and the idea is that this big alien six, six, beast six. is what gave many cultures the, the idea, idea of the of, devil looking like the horned red dude by ourselves. Um, and and Chris Gray, uh, sorry, Will Thorpe's character was possessed by him, and there's a quite oh, cool. creepy scene where there's characters looking outside the spaceship, and he's there walking around on the planet where he shouldn't be able to survive, and then he turns around, and he's got red eyes, and he's got these like runes. <laughs> drawn all over his face so that was pretty Rah! cool that was pretty good scary yeah Ian no. Reddington what yeah no I was going to move on to the Ian Reddington one. he was Vernon in Corrie but before that he was the chief clown <laughs> in a 1988 Doctor Who episode called The Greatest Show in the Galaxy so this was towards the end of the Doctor Who's first runs um, reboot and are you, you going to find a picture of the chief clown Gemma? no I'm looking up who the seventh Doctor is because I Doctor, I can't remember. Who's the one that you said earlier? I know, but I don't know them by the numbers. Sylvester McCoy. Okay. Okay. I think yeah. some people are listening who you who don't know, mm. like me, if you say the seventh doctor, who that is. Okay, so we need to we need to so now talk I need down to, look to up. people like you. <laughs> How rude of you. I know, sorry, that came across really bad. Didn't mean it to. Um yeah, he, he so he played the chief clown, apparently. And um, it seems like he didn't have to go far away oh from that God, in his scary. Doctor Who, uh, in his Coronation Street role as Vernon Tomlin. He, he does not look like him at all. I know, I it's know. It's terrifying. He, he tried to send robot clowns. You can clowns. buy a figurine of him. Oh, can you? Well, there you go. I hope he's got one on his mantelpiece. It's 14.99. Perfect. He sent a load of robot clowns to try and kill the Seventh Doctor and Ace, his companion. But um, sadly, he ended up being killed by a robot himself. Haven't watched that one. Can't tell you anything more about it. Now, here's somebody... Hang that... on. There's a Doctor Who figurine collection magazine. Yeah. Part 147 features the chief clown. <laughs> and their subheading is, don't run away to this circus. Oh, there you go. There you, there go. you go. I wouldn't want sure to. Sure, Liz MacDonald got that episode after uh, her yeah, sad split from Vernon. Ruler Lenska. Now, here's um, territory that we're more familiar yeah. with. Not the well, not what she did on Doctor Who. We still haven't seen it at all. But I hear that the resurrection of the Daleks is a fairly famous episode of Doctor Who from 1984. And Rula Lenska, who would later go on to play Claudia Colby in Coronation Street, played a character called Elizabeth Stiles in this episode, who was a medical officer and a survivor of a Dalek attack on a prison station where Davros, <gasps> leader of the Daleks, evil. 
progenitor of the Daleks yeah. was being held prisoner. So she was. She's this, it's her fault then. Yeah, she yeah exactly. She's partly his fault that he escaped, I suppose. Yeah. Um. So she's there fighting against Davros, and there's some. She cool... probably used cool eighties karate. I, I I flicked through a few episodes with her on just incredibly briefly the other day, and she's there doing a bit of action moves, hey, yeah. shooting her guns, and um, eventually nice. she tries to activate the station self destruct mechanism to kill Davros, oh. but was shot and killed herself before she could do so. There's an awful lot of characters here that get killed uh, in Doctor Who, aren't there? Lots yeah. of people have died before going More on to people... Coronation. Street. Oh yeah. What? I'm just thinking like thinking? Doctor Who's definitely got a higher death count than Coronation Street. Do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon. Well there's there's People usually die. someone who dies every episode yeah. of Doctor Who and you can't say that about Coronation no. Street, that's true. What would happen if it was? Now the last one on this list of car- actors who were in um Doctor Who before Coronation Street is Sir Derek Jacobi. Famous. Famous Thesp. Um he played um, the 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 master he we, we talked about the masters earlier and he was the very first master that then well in the reboot that regenerated yeah. into John Sims master yeah, he's cool. this was a really clever episode where Doctor and um, I think it was Martha Jones it must have been at the time end up at this place where um, I can't remember I can't remember the background of it I don't think I've seen this in fifteen years or so but there's this there's this old professor guy there played by Derek Jacobi an old professor guy yeah Professor Yana he was called and at the end of the episode in a brilliant brilliant twist it turns out that he is actually the master the first time the master's been in the reboot and Yana spelled you are not alone and that was a special message that the face of Bo had given the doctor I'm sure you all remember that yeah I do I think I remember (laughs) thinking it was cheese Um, but anyway um, so he's been in Doctor Who and in the Doctor Who confidential episode which was like the spin-off thing on was it on BBC3 back then I don't know it accompanied that episode it's like a d- behind the scenes yeah yeah I think they're bringing it back for the new series he said it had always been his ambition to be in Doctor Who and Coronation Street and five years later he was in Coronation Street although as only an a- extra in the Rovers that's amazing 2012 he just appears in the background because he really wanted to be in Corrie so badly that he just... we want to be in Corrie really really badly I know but we're not Sir Derek Jacobi are we not yet. No, when will that happen? <laughs> when, when we regenerate into him and then we'll become John Sim after that. It's perfect. Um, oh, it makes sense. So, switching over now to actors who were in Coronation Street before Doctor Who, top of the list for me is Maureen Lippman. Now, she was in Coronation Street and then in Doctor Who and then in Coronation Street as a different character. But her original she's a Coronation, Coronation Street sandwich. She is. Well, she's, she's a little bit like... Um, Doctor Who and the Doctor herself in a way, isn't she? She's regenerated, regenerated from Lillian Spencer into Evelyn Plummer. Um, and in between those two stints, she was in Series 2 episode, um, The Idiot's Lantern, which was set around the time of the Queen Elizabeth II's coronation. So the Doctor and Rose go back in time to the 50s, and it's all about the introduction of... Well, the, the, well, t- the, you know, the popularisation of TV in Britain because so many people bought one so that they could watch the coronation. The, the story goes in here that this character called The Wire is an escaped criminal from the planet Hermethica who becomes some kind of energy being, transmits herself down to Earth and hides herself away through TV signals. Yep. Um, and then she could, like... <laughs> uh, people would be watching TV and she'd suck their faces off, I remember. Yep. There were lots of scenes of characters without faces. Rose gets her face sucked off, I remember. Um, and she... the the Her appearance on screen, it looked very much like Maureen Littman, but it was based on... It was based on, I think, the Muffin the Mule 
presenter right, from, yeah. from you know from yeah, kids from TV children's. when our children when yeah. our parents were kids. Um, but she was she kind of masqueraded as a continuity announcer in in the episode itself. And um, it's a really cool idea. She, yeah, it was a cool idea, and she I I, I think I enjoyed that episode. Didn't... I definitely enjoyed Maureen Lipman's performance of it, and I remember her going. I'm hungry, so hungry. And I know your mum likes that as well because she she will sometimes quote that to me. The doctor ends up saving <laughs> the day by trapping her on a Betamax didn't tape. Didn't he, didn't, was that not something, you know that little girl that's playing noughts and crosses with a weird Yes, cloud? yes. She, yeah, the, the Did test card. Did she get card. trapped as that, as that? Possibly. On a Betamax tape. Maybe. There, tape. There's something in that episode about that, yeah. And the See, doctor... The doctor says she'll tape over her. He'll tape over her just in case. Here's an idea in case Russell T Davis is still listening, or anybody who's doing Doctor Who, a meta episode where Doctor Who is also not just a real alien, but a Did television show. Did you just call the Doctor show. Who because you I allowed, that's a I'm folk telling path. you, I'm telling you, I was thinking about this earlier because I knew we were going to do this episode. <laughs> you can call him Doctor Who because he was there's precedent. That he's called Doctor Who. Anyway, <laughs> Doctor Who is also a television series, like it is in real life, and they're trying to find the missing episodes, and they find a Betamax tape with Ooh, her on yeah. it, and they play it and release her again. Well, the Doctor Meta. says at the end of the episode he would tape over her, but I was also reading um, that in the comics the canon goes that he forgot to do it, and then there's another little episode oh, okay. with the wire in the comics. That I I, th- I thought that she was really fun in that. I mean, Maureen Littman is obviously an amazing actress and um, she was absolutely perfect for that role as the she's definitely the 50s. got that yeah 1950s watch with mother yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> absolutely now did you know that Sherry Lee Houston no, has didn't. been involved in the Doctor Who universe well we should do because I think we probably mentioned it on the podcast probably. last year but I'd forgotten she's been involved in some of the um, audio dramas that we said that they also like to do on the side in the Doctor Who universe so she's played a character just recently called Elise Kaplan in some audio dramas starring the sixth Doctor which was the Colin Baker one I think shoot me down if I'm wrong I possibly am I don't know um, and so that that's quite cool that she's had that side job to do uh, but when you're talking about Cheryl Lee you've of course also got to mention her partner Toby who played Fergus in Coronation Street yes, the, which was Izzy's neighbour and uh, romantic interest who was a Ticket, ticket man. Par- yeah, ticket inspector. No, you know, what was it? A parking man. attendant. S- very sadly underused. Yeah, um, When back. he was in it a few years' time. And he has done tons of work with Doctor Who. So it's no surprise that Cheryl Lee managed to get her foot in the oh, door. Oh, really? There. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, maybe. Maybe he had something to do with it. So to- Toby... Um, is we follow him on Twitter. He's great. He, he does he's, so much Doctor Who stuff. Yeah, he's he's got a, he's got his own Doctor Who podcast. Yeah. He's done a few in the past. He's probably listen if he listens to this, he's shaking his head. Hello, Toby. Sorry. We think you're great, and Sorry. you know more about Doctor Who than us. Um, but yeah, he he's moderated a huge number of Doctor Who DVD commentaries. He was the Doctor Who consultant in the wow. animated release of the Faceless Ones in 2020. Oh, so th- was this a what was this based on a um this was one of the old 60s episodes that they, that they that released they re- an animated version based on the script yes That's yes so exactly cool. exactly um and he had a doctor who podcast called 
Toby Hadokes, um, is that how you pronounce it? I think I'm right. Toby Hadokes News Round podcast. Now, this was a podcast that ran from 2013 to 2019. And the idea behind this was that he would try and interview somebody connected to every single Doctor Who story. Um, And it was kind of a sporadic podcast. I I haven't listened to any of it. I think that's a really clever idea. Um, And uh, yeah, that ended a few years ago. But he still has a Doctor Who podcast now called Time Travels and this was started in 2020 and it's more of a general Doctor Who podcast in the same way that we are a general conversation a Coronation Street podcast where they do episode reviews and it does very in-depth analysis deep dives the sort of which we can only dream of in our very surface level commentary of what goes on in both Coronation Street and Doctor Who but he really 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 knows his stuff yeah. massive massive Whovian um, I guess Shirley probably likes it as well so I think that's a, a maybe really she doesn't link. and that's why he's got to do a podcast yeah because he's like, got don't... nobody else to talk to about she, she, it she says stop record it go mm-hmm. to the other room now my just big... joking my biggest surprise, and this shouldn't really have been a surprise, but there are many things that I everything. don't know. Yeah. Um, when I was looking for, for Curry Doctor Who links at the weekend was William Russell. So Coronation Street fans from um, the early 90s will remember him as Ted Sullivan. And Rita was Rita Sullivan for a good long time, wasn't she? Because they got married then. But it was very tragic because he got involved with her. He had a brain tumour. He didn't tell her. She decided to marry him anyway. There was a lot of fallout with the family. Um, And yeah, he, he famously, or maybe not so famously, I don't know, died um, at a bowls match yeah. um, he just he's just there sitting on the side and then they find him and he's dead and it's, it's very very sad but he was a really lovely lovely character what I didn't realise until a couple of days ago was that he was one of the four original Doctor Who cast members so he starred opposite William Hartnell in the very first episode as for, for two series in the end as companion Ian Chester that's I just that Mind blew public. my mind when I found out because I, I I enjoyed the character of Ted. I had no idea that I was watching the very first Doctor Who companion, and he's he's done loads of Doctor Who work since. For example, he's lent his voice to audiobook releases of some of the um nineteen lost nineteen sixty episodes. He's had he's you know in in audio dramas where they've added extra episodes for his character. He's been involved with those. He's recorded readings of novelizations. All this time, Ted Sullivan, who'd have thought it? But the biggest mind blow of this um, was that a few, I think it was last year, there was a scene at the end of Doctor Who where they got a load of the Doctor Who, the old Doctor Who companions together mm-hmm. in like a support oh, yes. group scene. Yes. And this starred Bradley Walsh, who we'll talk about in a little bit, um, his character Graham with Yaz. Wasn't the dog um, in it? K9 was not in it. Oh. I. I, I I don't know much about the old Coronation Street companions. I know there was one called Ace, was she? And I can't, I can't remember. I'm sorry, I don't know. Is there a male? Um, but Ian, Ian was there as well. The character of Ian was there. And I was watching the scene going, oh, I maybe recognise some of these faces. Oh yeah, there's Graham there. I remember him. And then this old guy is like, what did you say? The Doctor's a woman now? Or something like that. And I'm like, I've got no idea who that is. But yeah, that was very bad of me as a, as a Doctor Who fan because that was the original actor playing the very first Doctor Who companion. And that actually broke the record for the longest gap between t- TV appearances <gasps> of a character. So he played him, this character, in 1964 and then again in 2022. Same actor, same character. That's cool. And interestingly, one of the other 
uh, actor, another actor who uh, did break that record back in the day was uh, Philip Lowry, yeah. I think, who went many, many years between playing Dennis Tanner in the 60s to then reappearing yes. in 2008, 2009, oh. wherever it was. But yeah, he's he, he this guy broke his record by a good 14 years wow. or so. And well, let's have a little shout out. It was his 99th birthday this past Sunday. So um, happy birthday, William Russell. Well done. And he was 96 when he recorded this episode. It's incredible. Yeah, that absolutely blew my mind. Uh, speaking of um, important companions in Doctor Who, one might say that from the classic era, there are none more so famous and beloved as Sarah Jane Smith. Yeah, you liked you liked her. They did a spin-off, didn't they? You watched it. Yes. Sarah Jane Smith was played by Elizabeth Sladen, who was in Coronation Street for a few episodes in 1970. She played a barmaid at the Flying Horse pub called Anita Reynolds, who ended up dating Len Fairclough. We've not seen any of this. They go on a double date with Elsie Talner and Alan. Um, and although... Len has a few doubts about the age difference between them because he was basically as old as her mum and dad. He ends up proposing to her and they accept, but then she accepts, but then gets cold feet and pulls out. So I'd, I'd really quite like to see this because I really rate Elizabeth Sladen so much. And the reason I care more about her is because they did bring the character back as partly of Doctor Who. She was in... Um, an episode, a couple yeah. of episodes of the reboot. There was one. There was one. An episode called School Reunion, which also had um, what's that guy? What's the what's the the librarian dude from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Oh, Giles. Giles. Yeah, his actor was oh, playing Anthony this, Head. Anthony Head. He was playing this evil headmaster that was actually a monster in disguise. Yeah, he was good in the school. He was very very good in that. But yeah, she, the Doctor reunites with Sarah Jane Smith um, after many many years, and I absolutely fell in love with this character she was so intelligent she was adventurous she was sweet um uh, such such a good actress um and the, this all the spin-offs that they did with her afterwards well no the the one spin-off they did with her afterwards the sarah jane adventures was quite fun as well it wasn't i wasn't the intended audience for this because it was a kids program on children's bbc but i still watched um I think I recorded it or, or watched it on ITB, uh, on sorry, BBC iPlayer, and it was basically a story about her and her adopted alien or clone son, I can't remember, and his mates at school solving these Doctor Who light kind of mysteries with the robotic it, dog, with the, with with the robotic dog canine exactly, and a, and a and a special talking house or something, I can't remember, <laughs> but it was very very good, and for a, for oh. a kids program. Um, it was really high budget, and there were some episodes of that that stood side by side with some great coronator, great Doctor Who episodes as well. Um, really tragically, died yeah. in two thousand and eleven. She was only sixty five, oh, no. and I think they were part way. Really, really that could, yeah, completely caught everyone off guard. I remember finding out about that and being completely, utterly gutted and blown away by this awful news. Um, they were part way through searing, filming an episode of a series of Sarah Jane adventures and so when that series eventually aired there was a very kind of quick tying up of it and it they they did their best with what they could um but she was so so wonderful and she I think it, really, I think it's she gave all this really beautiful maternal energy yeah she just seemed like really like you safe and Mm. and charismatic and but so kind of yeah, and boisterous yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and energetic and clever and she, yes yes she's I, I would say 
as a as a non-watcher of the early years of Doctor Who, she is the most beloved early series companion. Of yeah, course, yeah. of course, everyone's got their favourites, but she's the name that that stands out. And um, yeah, the fact is, she she got her job in Coronation Street first. So um, yes, yeah, so you're welcome. You're welcome for that. Um, now, at last, Bradley Walsh. She's the next one on our list. Played Danny Baldwin in Coronation Street in the early two thousands. Quite a the, fun character. The Baldwins were an interesting um, family because obviously. Mike Baldwin was one of the major characters in Coronation Street for a while and they decided to bring in his extended family, didn't they? Invent and bring in his extended family as part of um, the storyline to, well, Johnny Briggs' exit storyline. Yeah, Yeah, but he was most recently in... Sorry, you might, am, I, am I picking up Doctor, the sentence? Doctor Who, Doctor which is the show we're talking about. Um, yeah, he played the character called Graham O'Brien. So he was in series 11 and 12 of Doctor Who, which were the first two series of the Jodie Whittaker era. Um, he was he, he was, was my favourite companion he, of Jodie There wasn't Whitt- much Whittaker's. competition, really, well, was there? Well, some people like Some the people others. like Yaz, yeah, some people like... The other one. Ryan, is it? But um, he just had the exact same charm and energy and charisma. He just comes in as Bradley Walsh. Like, I know he's, Basically. He's, he's a good actor, but I don't think he plays outside... I don't know. His, we his haven't persona. seen him in anything else well, where, no. he's, where he's playing something vastly different to... to basically Bradley Walsh but he's also Why well you? he's well loved by the mums because he does that chase um, quiz oh, show he does, doesn't, doesn't he? he yeah well I've, I've, I've spoken with a few Cory actors who was yes, talk about do, wanting yeah. to be on, on the, the chase because they kind of fancy Bradley Walsh a little bit <laughs> but he, he was definitely one of the shining lights in that particular string of series of, of Doctor Who um, he's the, the oldest char- actor to play an ongoing companion. He was, he was. He was just a lot more grounded. He was like the granddad of Ryan, wasn't he, I think? And they had a quite nice relationship. It kind of wound me up a little bit how he would call the Doctor Doc. Um, yeah, I didn't like that. That was kind of annoying. Yeah, he, he What's was... What's going on, Doc? And, and <laughs> it was kind of interesting to see <laughs> when they were going through time, especially in history, that he was the character that the, the people of the past would often be more respectful of because you got Jodie Whittaker as Doctor really Who as a woman and then you had some people to, of the, no, 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 they didn't. But he, he was, he was, he was all right, and that there was a sweet relationship with him and Ryan, and about Ryan being able to, he was dyspraxic or something, wasn't he? And I he, don't know. he couldn't ride a bike, and there were some nice last scenes at the end where they go off riding a bike in the, in the mountains, and then they die. Yeah, so he in the end, um, Graham's character and Ryan, they just decide to stay on Earth. They don't die, but that was that was quite cool as an ex Coronation Street character uh, actor be- yeah, hitting the big fine. time in Doctor Who. Cool. Do you want to do the next one? Bruno Bruno Langley, yes. who played Todd before Gareth Pierce played yeah. him, the original Todd. He played OTT. a computer genius called Adam Mitchell in the first reboot series do you remember do you remember him being in it no it's a right to say no if you don't if you don't remember if anyone's confused as to whether i remember a lot of this the answer is no it's i'm not pretending no it's fine you don't have to pretend i remember i've only seen some of these episodes like some of them i haven't seen at all because i was in the room not paying attention because i didn't weren't really Enjoy into some it. of them. Yeah, I yeah. watched them when we, I'm... We definitely watched yeah. this, but this was this was 2005 that um, Bruno Langley was on it, so you're, you're forgiven so for he forgetting him. in this and then Corrie. No, he's no he was Corrie. in Corrie first, 
then he was in this, and then he went back to Corrie, and okay. then he stopped being in Corrie. <laughs> so yeah, he played this guy called Adam Mitchell, um, and the, the episode was Dalek, which was, um, I think it was... I think I remember the concept. It was set in the far future world of 2012, and uh, this is the one where where this, the, this evil American called, I think, Henry Van Staten has got a, a Dalek chained up, and the, he, and the Doctor yes. is led into a room with him, not realising he was being trapped with a Dalek, and this was the Christopher Eccleston Doctor. time, and he would relate it to somebody... No, 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 I don't think so. But yeah, the doctor's like, oh no, it's a Dalek, you gotta let me out. Um, and, yeah, and, I remember and, this. And, and anyway. So you asked me specific people, I don't remember yeah, yeah, Adam Mitchell, now. character from now. series one, episode so Dalek. He ends up um, get, sort of going away from the bad guys and joining Rose and Doctor in the TARDIS. Yeah, so he's a companion for like two episodes, yeah. maybe. Um, the follow up episode was one that I really enjoyed called The Long Game, and that had Simon Pegg. Um, playing mm. this this business guy, and there's a big alien on the roof that eats people. Um, That's not I, good I really business. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that episode, but it, I think it's as part of that episode, the character of Adam gets a little bit too selfish and decides that he's going to... And, and who wouldn't do this? He's going to go What's give he himself... He's going to like he sends a phone message to the past with loads of secrets in the future with the hope of profiting from them yeah, when idea. he goes back from the past and the doctor realizes that um, he's not quite fit for time travel. Only Tardis I can profit from time travel because it's not about self gain. And yeah, of course it's not. When you've got a flying time machine that's as big as you want it to be and you can change anything and go what, anywhere what more is there and to do gain? or eat anything ever, as mm. you can tell, I'm quite motivated by food. Um, why? Of course, you wouldn't. If you were see, a time traveller, we you could, could just go, go and back eat and anything. eat things. Yeah, I would. I go back. I, and... I don't want to see any historical events. I just want so, to try things from the past. No, no. I'll go back to great um, uh, banquets of the past, or like famous chefs, like a scoffier. Oh, let's see what see what Romans used to eat. Dormouse. Or like, yeah, I would love to see dormouse drowned in wine. <laughs> wouldn't you love to see what people used to eat? Yeah, maybe, but I am quite fussy. Anyway. <laughs> The most memorable thing for me, I okay. really enjoyed the character of Adam, and I and when he joined the team, I was like, oh, this is good, an old Coronation oh, Street Todd. actor who I really enjoy, Todd, yeah. he's going to be in it, but then he gets kicked off the next episode, and it's really sad. And the, the most memorable thing about it, for me, was that he gets a, a, an implant put in his forehead, which opens his forehead up with oh. like a, do you remember this? There's no. like a circle that opens up with a cross down the middle, because, and then you can like put a jack into your oh, forehead, no. and have information downloaded into your brain from it oh. and it's just like a little minor operation in the future and <laughs> it, it opens up with a click uh, and, no, and the doctor sees this and is like I'm taking you right back to earth he destroys the answer phone that Todd sorry Rude. Adam left the message on that he could use to Why? gain loads of wealth I still I remember it I'll just remember and then it. there's a funny scene where he meets his mum and the mum's like oh where have you been I, there's one I, I can't remember what this, the word is yes. but she ends up clicking oh. and the final scene of the episode is her screaming as her son's head forehead opens up with this implant that he's put in I don't I, I really enjoyed that character um, and and I, I, I was reading more about him and finding that his character is also continued in the comic books and he actually ends up getting killed off in the end he ends up sacrificing himself to save Earth from the Master, so he redeems Spoiler. himself somewhat, which is See, quite nice. I, okay, I didn't remember the stuff about him having a door, but I read the note where it said implanted his forehead to interface with 
computers mm. and I just imagined a chip in your forehead so that you have to headbutt your phone to like no. transfer a phone. his head opens <laughs> and you can see a bit of brain inside oh that's not hygienic I thought it was really good in that programme in that episode um, next up now you can talk about this one surely Saran Jones Karen McDonald in Coronation Street fantastic actress and um, when she left Coronation Street she's gone on to do lots of um, in, uh, big things Dr. Like Foster Jack and Dr. Foster Love but that. she's actually played two characters in the Doctor Greedy. Who universe one of them was in the Sarah Jane Adventures spin-off where she played um, the Mona Lisa I just want a quick aside here to say that the the fact that you can play um, I mean Peter Capaldi was in a doc, uh, an episode of Doctor Who before he became he was, the Doctor he was in the fires of Pompeii. Pompeii yeah I know that um, well so, done oh, thank you very much I should do a podcast <laughs> about Doctor Who anyway um, the fact that anybody could have been in Doctor Who and it doesn't preclude you from eventually being the Doctor gives me great hope that eventually maybe some of these people might be in the running because Saran Jones Catherine Kelly loved Charlie DeMello to possibly be up for Future Doctor Future Doctor but Saran was in um um, she was Sarah in the Sarah Jane, Jane Adventures, Adventures playing first. Mona Lisa and I remember watching this like yeah. I said you you never watched Sarah Jane with me because it, it was a kids show after no it's all. not why I didn't watch it um, I just can't watch everything all the no, time no I used to watch it before school I remember recording it off BBC yeah, you, and watching it before school I don't, I don't remember. get up at 4 o'clock I remember in the watching this episode watch I, I, TV. no I don't remember much about what I thought of it but basically the the portrait comes to life for alien reasons and goes around trapping people in paintings and in the end goes back into her painting as, well, as much as I can remember for that. Yes. But the main oh. role in the Doctor Who universe that Saran Jones is most well known for playing was Idris in the episode The Doctor's Wife. That's right. You, you, to... you said the bit I could have said. What? She is a character... I don't, I don't remember this. She's so, the TARDIS. That's all I remember. Yeah, the, the story is that the Doctor and companions... I don't companions, remember this setup. This set yeah, they, they, they land on some asteroid or something. I think it's like outside the universe. I can't remember. And there's this sentient asteroid with a couple of humans and an Ood in, which was the, the Doctor Zoidberg-like character in the telekinetic... They have a little... Tele- Catholic or- powers. Or- a little speaking orb, exactly, in that they hold in their hand. So in the story... I don't so remember this character Idris's mind gets drained by the asteroid, and then the TARDIS's <laughs> matrix. Yeah. I don't really understand what no, goes you on. Don't need to. I've not seen this episode in fifteen years. Gets sucked into Idris's body, and then basically yes. Saran Jones is the TARDIS. Yeah, I love incarnate this. In I don't remember form. the setup. I just remember that suddenly she's the TARDIS. She's very, she's very kind of Bride of Frankenstein-y she's looking, like, isn't she? She doesn't know what's happening. She's got cool. Doesn't she have a cool costume? Yeah, she's, she's a bit crazy. She's really kooky, and and the the idea of the TARDIS in a human body, and because it's got all the whole of time and space inside it, it doesn't understand linear time. So yeah. she's she's talking, put, about, talking stuff, about things that are going to be in the future she she doesn't know what to say whether to say hello or goodbye because for her time is all happening infinitely at the same time that would really She's, it was a really brilliant setup and having a character play the, the TARDIS, TARDIS that's such a bizarre idea that's a huge role to fill and yes. Siran Jones absolutely not she's a fantastic actress she's so she's so, so good. good and over the course of an episode you feel so much love for her and it's so tragic when at the end her body can't cope with having the TARDIS inside it uh, and she ends up dying but over the course of the episode she develops this kind of romance with with Matt Smith's doctor 
Um, and and like she says, oh, you call me sexy because to, yeah, to the doctor, right. the TARDIS is the closest thing that he's had to a romantic relationship. Well, I mean, this is before the a River Song, isn't it? It's, yeah. an, it's it's a is that if you're going to put that into a person, that's the person yeah. who's known the longest. It was a really sweet, really clever, perfectly Concept. plotted. Yeah, episode and concept. And if was, you're going to see anything that stars on next Coronation yeah. Street, if you haven't seen that one, which I'm sure Street most of you have, um, go and watch The Doctor's Wife. Um, it's very, very she good dies. episode. I want to see that again. I haven't seen it since its original airing. Yes. Now, Sarah Lancashire, another fantastic Corey export. Raquel. He played Raquel. She played Miss Foster in the series four premiere, sort of reboot, of Partners in Crime, it was called. Yeah, this, and she's is the, like, this is the window scene episode with Catherine Tate, uh, with Donna and the, yeah. the Doctor that we were talking about. So earlier. this is the adipose story where fat becomes an a, a, its own being, doesn't it? They look like tiny little blobs. Yeah, right? so M- Miss Foster is like this in- intergalactic super nanny. She's like got her glasses on her nose. That's how you she, tell. She's that kind of... She's a, she's a glasses on the nose, wearing a suit... Hair and a lady. ponytail kind of yeah, so lady. Yes, you've got to be scared of her. Yes, yes. And, so, um, so this the she's trying to breed a new generation of the adipose yeah, people, yeah. and so she like goes to Earth and she pretends to be a human who's got the adipose industries that that creates this drug that will flush out human fat cells, and they they do that by turning them into this adipose, which is. What fat it's a called, like, it's it? like a little um they're like they look like cuboid blob it's teeth, like a little yeah like little with little faces and they kind of all escape from they're people. kind of like minions before minions but not funny they're just kind of not, cute weren't they yes and little she takes cgi them, yeah she takes them onto the nursery ship doesn't she to try to to grow them yeah once, once they're all out of the humans she tries to she tries to beam them up to the space would you take this I would and and they Drug. end up realizing I don't mind if you t- if my fat cells turn into their <laughs> well, own I think it kills beings. you eventually um, because that's the, okay the <laughs> idea there was supposed to be like millions of, of deaths on this but the doctor saves the day um, there's lots but of she, unexplained she ends up dying because she gets released by the tractor beam halfway through being beamed up to it because they realise that what she's been doing breeding on earth is against the shadow proclamation which it's is some really kind of cheesy. interspace law um, I, I, I didn't love her in that role as much as I think that Sarah Lancashire is one of our best actresses and, and it was a bit cartoonish it really was and having these little blobby mascot type like, characters ah! It, didn't they used to make noises? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It, it didn't really tick the right boxes for me. And having Sarah Lancashire playing this um, stick-up-a-bum type of baddie... I thought she was good. She, she was all right, but, but you know, I remember Sarah being let down been because she was Sarah Lancashire, Sarah she Lancashire was Raquel. I was hoping for... Oh, yeah, absolutely. When they were trying to cast... Did they say that we have got a female doctor before they cast her? Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't remember either. But there were just lots of I'm just going to say that um, if if anyone really genuinely could play the Doctor, who is an ex Corey cast, yeah. Sarah Lancashire would be really high up there for me. Well, yeah, she's 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 she can be scary, she can be sinister, she Happy can be Valley's really lovely. Now. Watch her in Happy Valley because mm. that's I think her best role, even out yeah. of 
even out of Corey. Let's let's blast through a few more. We're almost hitting the two hour part. Tony I'm Gordon. Kind of, this is working well. I Tony so. Gordon's actor Gray O'Brien played um, a, a Doctor Who character in the 2007 Christmas special. This was, uh, I think, it's the third Kylie Christmas Minogue special. It. it did add Kylie Minogue. It had um, Starship. It had um, the guy who played Richard in Keeping Up Appearances. Yes, he um, didn't like it, did he? He didn't remember that interview. Oh yes, he did. He's he like, hated I did. being he in Doctor Who. Who cares? I was he? in Doctor Who. I've been an actor for years. Yeah, I've forgotten about else. that. But anyway, Tony uh, Gray O'Brien plays a not particularly nice or empathetic businessman uh, who's who goes on the the spaceship Titanic and uh, despite and all wonders of, why it explodes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and he survives, and, and, and that's about it. Choose me, Julie, choose me. Julie Hesmanhal, she played Haley, played Julie Maddox in Kablam in 2018. Um, this it's was a just, poor It was like episode. Amazon. I'm it was sorry. like Amazon, wasn't it? It was. It was like a. It was like a. It it's was like a commentary Amazon's on taken over the world. Yeah. So yeah, and and, and she she played uh, the head of people for this Kablam Shipping Corporation, which was basically a load Are of you robots. Sure? Is it Judy or Julie? Maddie? Julie. Judy Maddox. Because you've written Judy and Oh, I Julie. don't know. I don't. She yeah, played Judy. Jay Maddox. Ju- yeah, Judy Maddox. That's right. Um, Basically, the story is that there's a human janitor who doesn't like the idea that the robots that are taken over the company and he plans to blow it up and then they save the day and then Judy decides that the business is going to be more reliant on humans in the end because people yeah, don't like no, robots. No. And take... this was a jo- Jodie Whittaker This was a Jodie Whittaker episode. There's a, there's I love, a lesson love, to love, love Judy Hesman how she played the character very well, but because it was part of the Chibnall area, clearly the story wasn't going to be that great. Thelma Barlow. Mavis. Mavis. I was going to say O'Reilly, but no. No, just Riley. Uh, she played Lady Thor in 2007, The Lazarus Experiment. She was the villainous assistant of Richard Lazarus. Played and they by were Mark tr- Gattis. Trying to, oh yeah, I love him. They were trying to make a rejuvenating machine um, to use on herself and become rich and sell immortality Young to the and world. And, and as you can imagine, it all goes wrong. Yeah, she and she, she gets turned to a shriveled husk. Mark Gattis kind of starts the episode playing the old Doctor Lazarus, and there's a and there's a scene in the episode where he kind of comes in, goes into his machine, then comes out, and he's all youth, and he's like, "I'm ninety six years old," or oh, something. Yeah, I and, that, that. and I think there's a scene where then the young Mark Gattis has to snog fairly oh. old Thelma Barlow. Okay. Um, I I enjoyed seeing Mavis in something that wasn't one of my favourites of the early um, Doctor Who's, I have to Shobna say. Shobna Galati, who played... Oh, the character Yeah, of... Nadja Khan. He played um, Yaz's mum. No, I know, but who was she? Oh, Shanita. Shanita she played Shanita. on current... Shanita. Shanita, yes. Yeah, she was in... She was Yaz's mum, and, and that's about She's all, really. She was just a mum. It was, was nice to see her. Mom. I was It was happy. nice to see her. I haven't seen her now, in much else. Sasha Behar, who played Mad Maya. Who this was a revelation best, to me this weekend. One of the best female villains in Coronation Street of one all time. One of the time. only female villains in Coronation she Street of all time. She was in The Fires of Pompeii. She yeah, was in The Sibylline Sisterhood, a cult of sooth- soothsayers, and then she, they all she died. She had some funky makeup on, didn't she? So this yeah. was set um, at the time of the, the Pompeii eruption. Um, sorry, the Vesuvius eruption in Pompeii. And the story was about yeah these soothsayers and getting involved with these lava monsters I can't remember that lived inside the <laughs> volcano again 
possibly haven't seen the episode since its first airing in 2000 no. and, when was it, 2008, 2009. But I thought it was quite cool that it was her. I don't remember watching it going, oh, look, there's Mad Maya. I think I do, because I love I her. I don't remember She's that. fantastic. She's so beautiful. Yeah. Retro pick now, Jeffrey Hughes, who played Eddie Yates. Fantastic. Love um, that character. Uh, lodger, for, so funny. The um, of the Ogdens. He was, um, he played a, a villain in the classic era of Coronation Street called um, Mr. Popplewick Senior. I don't have a date for this, actually, but let's just say the 80s, because um, oh. it was it was post-Coronation Street. Okay. I, th- I think it was like after his first stint in Coronation Street, but Eddie did come back for Hilda's last episode. Or That's around okay. Then, doesn't yep. he? But anyway... I don't. I, I don't want to get too deep he into the Doctor Who law here because I don't a really understand time it. Lord. He was wearing someone's face. Basically, and then you, they pulls well, his face off. He kind of, from you, from what I understood. No, I, I want to explain it more than that. Because <laughs> from what I understood from <laughs> okay, the reading, he kind of starts off as being a little facet of the Doctor's personality and like the Doctor's dark side within and then he becomes flesh or something and he's a character called the Veil Yard so he's not actually a, a an individual timeline, he's part of the Doctor but I, I, it's quite complicated sci-fi stuff and I haven't seen the episodes so I'm not going to pretend I know but I think it's basically that and one of the times he is in flesh he puts on a mask and disguises himself as this Victorian clerk called Mr Popplewick and I did find the scene of this on YouTube and sent yeah, it, it to you the me. other way and like I and, said, um, he gets his, his face, face Pulls off, off, and it and it's the and it's the true face That's of the, the yard underneath, and it's a very um, unconvincing prosthetic mask that he's wearing I just on that unveiling scene. Right. So anyway, that there's Eddie Yates in Doctor Who. Johnny Dixon we saw a couple of years ago, he so played he played Daryl Morton. Morton. He was in the very first episode with Jodie Whittaker, who um, he was like a crane driver or something, yeah, I I and that. we were like, oh look, there's Daryl Morton. He yeah, wasn't in I like Johnny Dixon. He's cool. Yeah, Brian Moseley was in Coronation Street in um in one of the really early episodes. No, he was in Coronation Street playing. Sorry, he was in Coronation Street playing. Why can't I just name the programs right? This is terrible. He was in Doctor Who. Yes. In nineteen. No, but what? Who was he in Coronation Street? Alf. Alf Roberts. Okay. He then. played this character called Malfa in the Daleks Master Plan in nineteen sixty-five to nineteen sixty-six. Who was. Somebody who planned to conquer the solar system with the help of the Daleks. And he had white makeup over his face and little crisscrossy patterns, I think. I haven't seen it, but... That's fine. Who knew? Brian Molesy in Doctor Who. Anne Reid. Now, Anne Reid played Valerie um, Barlow, Mm -hmm. who's Ken's tragic first wife. Love also her. very famous for um, many things since she's Coronation great. She's Street. She's still going, still going strong. She played Nurse Crane in 1989's The Curse of Fenric, who was a nasty nurse, gets killed um, he, because by, by Fenric, Fenric takes possession of the body of the person she's been nursing. And she was also in um, the series 2 premiere of the reboot, which was called Smith and Jones. I'm confused, so I'm thinking it's actually the series 3 premiere because the series 2 premiere was New Earth. I do know my stuff just a little bit. So she was in this episode playing a character called a plasmavore, which was like an, an outer space vampire and uh, <laughs> who would suck out people's blood through a straw. She had a nice. like a classic red and white striped straw. We've got some of those. And, and she was an old woman in hospital because this episode was set in an outer space hospital on the moon, I'm going to say. Is this with the cats? No. Okay. Uh, yes, I think... No, mm, she might have had a there cat nurse. There were cat nurse. nurses Yeah, she point. might have had a cat nurse. <laughs> 
But anyway, I know why. It was just, I, I, I don't I don't remember watching her and going, oh, that's Valerie Barlow because I didn't really get to know Valerie Barlow until I we watched her. did the rewatch a couple of years ago. But she was kind of fun. She she ends up sucking out various characters' blood, including the Doctor's. Um, which doesn't go down well with her because he's got Time Lord blood and then the Jadoon, which is the space rhino. <laughs> Anyone oh, who's not watched Current Age, is there anybody who's like listening to this that hasn't rhinos. watched Doctor Who? Because I don't Please know what do. you must be thinking. Don't ever I don't, watch it. Don't, I don't ever watch find it. The space rhinos, if, you, if you're listening to this and you've never seen Doctor Who, just cherish the memories your brain has conjured for you. I, I want them to watch it now no. after hearing about it for two hours. They've obviously got a picture in their go, head about what this programme no, is like. No, I want like. them to go through Have life with their good... only knowledge of Doctor who being a coronation street podcast, podcast saying about it <laughs> anyway anyway they they, they realise that oh you're a plasmavore and then they kill her but oh. that was quite fun but I think it was just a small part damn uh, Anjali Mahindra um, played Deb's oldest daughter Shireen she's still alive she's still rich for a comeback we, Deb's yeah, got plenty back. of children uh, all around everywhere but um, so she was in 2005 2006 very very briefly I think she was in like two episodes of but... the Sarah Jane adventures no 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 of Doctor of Coronation okay, Street I... of Coronation okay, Street okay I don't know I'm trying to follow you yeah she played Shireen in Coronation Street but her role in the Doctor Who universe was playing the character of Rani Chandra who was one of the main characters in the Sarah Jane adventures so that's pretty cool for me so I, I must have watched the whole of that Doctor, uh, Sarah Jane adventures not realising that I was watching Deb's eldest daughter so the more you know yep do you want to say the next one no you know who these people are you know who this is Craig Els who played Derek Milligan in Coronation Street this is the guy who shot Robert Preston and fell off the Helter Skelter in, in Christmas 2019 um, he was a dog he was a he was a kind of a doggish but you don't call it a dog because he didn't like it uh, in the Doctor Who Flux What's special in 2021 it? I didn't realise that this giant dog-like no, character, he was a Luparu officer called Carvanista. Oh. Um, and it, he was quite a fun character. He was very kind of gruff. He was the companion of the renegade doctor played by, you know, the other female doctor. Yeah. Joe I, Smith, is it the character? I, I can't remember. I might be making that name up completely. Um, okay. But yeah, he was a giant dog and in the suit was Derek Milligan. <laughs> I don't think I realised that. At the time, so Ian McKellen. There we go, Jeremy. I know, know who he is. is. He was the he was, voice. He of played the... Lionel Hipkiss in Coronation Street, didn't he? Yep. He was the voice of the Great Intelligence in the 2012 Christmas special, The Snowmen, and they also considered him for a number of other roles. Could have been the Eighth Doctor. Yeah, he was. He was considered for a number. Of, he could have been Paul McGann, but. It could have been Paul McGann, but he'd ended up being Ian Mm. McKellen. Alan Rothwell played um, David Barlow uh, back in the 60s in Coronation Street. Ken Barlow's brother. Thank you. He played a character called Bizar Janto in the audio episode The Twilight Kingdom of Doctor Who. Um, and he was an Ondokran, I'm just reading my notes here, an Ondokran medical officer working for a terrorist oh, organisation who ends up helping the Doctor and sacrificing himself so the Doctor can escape some caves. The Doctor's never grateful. All these people die, don't they? They always die. He has sometimes sad moments. He just goes, oh well. He realises that lots of people have sacrificed themselves How many themselves people have him. died because of the Doctor? He, he, he's he has got quite the body count, this. right? Yeah. Um, the guy who played Jeff Horton... I'm not saying we're scraping the bottom of the barrel Jeez, here, Jeff but Horton. he was um, the guy who adopted, <laughs> who was um, Tommy Duckworth was sold to by Terry Duckworth, okay. the Horton family. Really big um, character. Yeah. Dick and Ashworth. Dick, Dick and Ashworth was the actor. He played a 
Carfelon Rebel oh my God. in 1985, who helped the Sixth Doctor defeat the Board in the TV oh, the episode board. Time Lash, set in 1885. Okay, right, we're coming to the end now, right? We're nearly there. So we're nearly there. Catherine Kelly, okay, she played Becky in Corrie. We love Becky. We love Becky. So she is so she's one of Steve's wives. She's fantastic. One of she's your favourite characters. Brilliant, ever. brilliant actress. Along with um, Sarah Lancashire, I would love I would love Catherine Kelly to be the Doctor. She's just so talented. Um, she played the lead in a spin-off called Class. She played Miss Quill. This is another spin-off that was kind of a sexy teen. It was like a teen uh, elder show. teenage swearing and sexy teen, we but not as swearing and sexy as Torchwood. It started I, off really good, and it went. We I think. The I don't remember whether they brilliant. did. Yeah, we watched. Yeah, we watched part of series one and then maybe dropped off. The theme tune was a lot of fun. So this yeah, character, like Miss tune. Quill, was an alien who came to Earth um, masqueraded as a human, and she worked at the Coal Hill Academy, which was the school that Ian Chesterton taught at. The very first Doctor Who companion, and also um, Clara Oswald, who it's- was Jenna Louise Coleman. She taught there as well but basically the oh, school yeah, yeah, the spin-off yeah. was set in the school and there was basic it was it was kind of like just buffy wasn't it yeah it, it was. was at a school and, was and an bad alien. things and aliens yeah. kind of happened there but she was she was, she a was very, like sarah jane adventures but with older kids yeah and she was she was a she very was kind lead. of she was the lead she was fun i just remember the scene where she's like we're decorating but i yeah. don't really remember the context that was hilarious it. There was a few really good bits. This is also available on BBC iPlayer. Just maybe watch the first episode if you're interested. Alex um, but, Clare's song Up All Night was the theme tune. Oh, that was the theme tune. Yeah, they, um, they they were planned series two of it, but um, it didn't do very well, so they didn't make it. And and that kind of is it so far. There's plenty more. Do write in and tell us if we missed any of your favourites. your favourite. Um, but th- those are characters forgot. who are in... Coronation Street, and then Doctor Who. But we do have one more to come <laughs> in a couple of weeks' time. Mm. Charlie DeMello, our good pal Charlie. R.I.P. Imran, Imran Habib, Habib on Coronation murdered Street. Murdered by Toya. Yes. Cold blood. He's going to be on Doctor Who, the third episode of The Comeback. The episode is called Giggle, and he's going to be playing a character called Charles Banerjee. Now, very little... In fact, I'm going to say nothing... <laughs> has been revealed about who Charles Banerjee is. Um, but this is with... The, sorry. No, go on. Well, this is the Toy the toy Maker. Yeah, this is the, the Toy Maker episode, He's... which is bringing back a, a classic villain from the early days. But, but it's... um, oh, What's the name of the actor? I don't know. You find that out. Well, I'm going to read out what Phil Collinson has had to say about bringing Charlie the DeMello. The Celestial Toy Maker. That's it, that's it. So Phil Collinson has said, It's such a delight to welcome Charlie on board. I was the producer of Coronation Street many years ago. Well, not long ago. And I've kept an eye on it ever since. That's how we spotted Millie Gibson. So, when Charlie left the Ah, show, he was immediately on my radar and we swooped in to get him into the show. You might have already glimpsed him in the trailer and I can certainly say that Charles Banerjee is heading towards terrors we've never seen on screen before. No idea whether this is a tiny role, whether this turns looks like a tiny role, but it's going to be big, whether it is actually a big... We know nothing. Doctor Who um, publicity machine has quite rightly been fairly tight-lipped yeah. on what's going to be happening in these new episodes. I don't want to be spoiled on it, 
but I am absolutely thrilled that Charlie has got the job on, on, on Doctor Who. We've suspected for a very long time that he was going to be on it because he talked to us about he, he had some projects that he wasn't allowed to share. He said that's he's literally got, he all said, he said. He said something like, we've got something really, really massive that I can't tell you about. Yeah. And that, but then... And mine yeah. and your minds just went into overdrive. Yeah. And we were right. Yeah. Although there was a moment where we wondered whether he was going to be the new Doctor. <laughs> but it's, like you said, it's not out of the question. Exactly. Because sometimes Doctor takes on faces of people he's met through his journeys through time and space. So Neil Patrick Harris is going to be the new celestial toy maker and it's mm. he looks good. He looks the good. character for the first time in 57 years. Mm. Yeah, there's Returning a, to... I think this Saturday's episode, which has got Miriam Margoyles playing a little fluffy space creature called Beep the Meep or something. I don't beep know. Meet the, meet the Beep or Beep the Meep. Meet the Meat. Um, anyway, that's also a a, Beep a classic villain. Although <laughs> I think it's just been in comics. Beep Manip. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm really, really excited about Charlie being in this episode. And then the following episode is going to be Millie Gibson playing Ruby Sunday. <sighs> so if you're a Curry fan, there's, there's an awful plenty of lot reasons to, to watch come. Doctor Who, just apart from the fact that it's really good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's been loads of other people that have appeared in audio dramas. Just very. Can quickly. I just give you a quick rundown? Just but because I've found these names, I'm not going to say anything about it. Who they play. Right. So, these are some Curry characters. Can I say them actors. and you say who they play? Yeah. Curry actors who have since been t- taken in audio part dramas, in it's audio fine. dramas. Yes. Go for Hayley it. Hayley Tamadden. Andrea Beckett. Charlie Condu. Marcus Dent. Brian Caprin. Richard Hillman. Stephen Hancock. Annie Bishop. Ian Bartholomew. Jeff Metcalf. Ian Paulson Davies. Owen Armstrong. Tracy Braben. Trisha... MP. Trisha, Trisha, Trisha Armstrong. Sandra Huggett. DS McKinnon. Lover. Roy Hudd. Archie Shuttleworth. Owen Aronovich. John Lindsay. Denise Black. Denise Osborne. Eva Pope. Tanya Pooley. Sterling Gallagher. Oh, what was the character called? Tracy Lovett. Oh, yeah. Oh, what's Sterling Gallagher's character called? It's because I say Sterling <sighs> on Instagram all the time. Paula. Paula. Paula something Paula or other. Paula sexy Paula the lawyer. sexy lawyer. Victoria Eckenoid. <laughs> um, Angie Appleton. Cat Pierce. Lolly. Well done, Michael. You did a good job. I wouldn't have been able to do that. Speed I can't remember that. names. Well done. Um, right, oh my gosh. So my notes for this just go on and on and on. I want to say this because it's important, but we'll maybe run through this. So little couple of facts for you, everybody. That Idiot's Lantern episode we were mentioning earlier, which had Maureen Lipman playing The Wire, that episode was set on a road called... Florizel Street, which yep. is a direct reference to the very first um, well, name no, the, that Coronation yeah. Street was going to be given when Tony Warren first drafted it. Um, there was also, and in, in the episode Turn Left, which I absolutely love. This is one of Donna This is making me want to watch Doctor Who again. Oh, well, there we go. The, hopefully that's working yeah. for everyone. Turn Left was such a clever episode. It was a what-if sort of episode. Mm. Like, what if Doctor... Sliding if, Doors. It was a total Sliding Doors episode, but um, in that Donna insults a woman by calling her Vera Duckworth because she's standing being a bit of a gossip at her front door. Um, there's also a series of books called Short Trips, uh, and, and one of them has got a Christmas, a story called Christmas Special in, where the sixth Doctor is dreaming that his life has been the basis for a TV programme which is cancelled and then brought back 
begrudgingly opposite Coronation Street, which is obviously a reference meta, to... Meta, see? It was very, very meta reference That's to when Doctor Who and idea. Coronation Street did go against each other. Um, there was also... I'm sorry, is this boring? I don't know. No, I'm, it, I'm it interested. Anyway. Oh, okay. Well, let, let me interest you with this. In 2007, <laughs> during the third series, Coronation... Doctor, Doctor Who... Who did like one of these blogs as a, an extra bit of publicity. I can't remember what it's called when you do your publicity for things in lots of weird ways, like making blogs on MySpace, which is what this was. It was written as if it was written by Martha Jones, the um, the, 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 the the companion. The boring one. The boring companion that fancied the Doctor. And um, there's a... Doctor Martha Jones. I know, I know. There's a, there's a there's an episode, the Blink episode, where she gets sent back in time to the 60s and as part of the blog for what I'm getting up to in 1969, she says um, that the Doctor sits around eating beans and watching Coronation Street. So um, the Doctor, fan of Coronation Street, it's canon. He loves it, just like the Queen used to watch it. Yeah. Last year, the BBC released a collection of 11 short stories called Origin Stories. And in the first one, uh, which is called Chemistry, um, there's a, the character Ace, and she mentions that her nan watches Coronation Street. So That's the cool. Doctor and Ace's nan, big Corrie fans. Love that. Also, Love that I hear her. Doc Cotton likes it too. There was a comic in 2012 called The Broken Man, where the Doctor, Amy and Rory go to Prague in 1989 oh, and they meet sad. somebody called Heather who says that Coronation Street is something that she misses about being in the UK. <laughs> I would also miss Coronation Street where I am Prague. Well, when you Especially went... in 1989 where you can't just watch it online. When you lived in France, you couldn't watch it. No, I couldn't watch it, so it's tragic. Yeah. Um, there was a 1995 novel called System Shock, set in 1998. A character watches Coronation Street in hospital. That's These amazing. are fascinating facts That's here. That's so cool. And finally, for now, but there's more to come. No, it's not the final bit. <laughs> in 2005, there was a book released called The Gallifrey Chronicles, um, in which the Earth is invaded by the Vor, and this is an alien species which are like these giant dragonfly things. They giant insects with mandibles and legs sharp enough to uh, sharp enough and powerful enough to tunnel through rock apparently um and and, and their method of attack was eating people and then turning all the life on the planet into vomit and then they would use that as fungus to to grow fungus on mean... which they fed okay what does yeah, vor yeah. mean i don't want to get into it anyway as part of that novel <laughs> there's a scene where gmtv which is a morning show on itv or it was it lists celebrities, beloved celebrities, oh, believed no. to have been killed by the invasion of the Vore, including Ant from Ant and Deck, Jenna. Which one's that? The tall one. Oh, I don't, I like, know. I don't like either. I know. He's the one that did that little car accident. No, 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 we don't talk about uh, it. <laughs> and cast members of EastEnders and Coronation Street. So um, in this book, we've had got Coronation Street characters eaten by giant invading um, insectoid aliens. But... On the plus side, Coronation Street apparently lost fewer cast members than EastEnders. Well, there's more people in Coronation Street. That's yeah, exactly. Terrible. So that's a terrible even, loss even for better. EastEnders. Even, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> another little crossover. I'm just kind of randomly yeah, throwing it's out fine. facts because we're two You're hours into this You're taking extra time explaining. 2011's National TV Awards. There was a little skit at the beginning where Dermot O'Leary, beloved television presenter <laughs> that's probably very jealous of Anton Deck getting the award every year for well, most I... beloved TV presenter. Well. He goes on a little journey with Matt Smith's doctor as just to start off the show and yeah. they go around various places, including he stops off in Coronation Street and Becky McDonald appears on the monitor saying, oh, doc, she kind of insists 
insinuates that her and the Doctor have had a bit of a fling um, and she tells them to get that TARDIS off the cobbles or I'll stick a hot pot where the sun don't shine and the Doctor says terrifying race the Weatherfieldians <laughs> which I think is how we should now always refer to the characters on Coronation Street the Weatherfieldians I maybe like that, that should be our our listener name our listeners Weatherfieldians maybe it should because all the should. big podcasts have got special lingo don't they yeah. Who was the doctor there then? Smith. Okay. Matt Smith. I don't. I, I said. I said. You didn't. There have probably did been you? countless. I did. Okay. I did. Countless mentions of Doctor Who in Coronation Street. I couldn't find many, um, but I did find that in 1969, where uh, which is the coach crash in the Lake District, there's a nurse who's talking to Ina Sharples, in, who's in hospital, and she says about something. I don't know what it is. You realise I'm going to have to tell Doctor Matthews, and Ina Sharples says. I don't care if you tell Doctor Who. She knows. She's got a finger on the pulse. If Ina Sharples says you're allowed to call the character Doctor Who, who who's going to stand up her. and say, no, it's actually the Doctor. You're a braver man than she I. She would have been a great villain in Doctor that. Who. Yeah. Um, there was an episode in 1962 where Elsie and Alan take Paul Chavesky, their uh, granddaughter, yeah, grandson, sorry, to, to Bellevue, which is a place in Manchester, where he goes on a ride, which is a Dalek ride. I have no other I information. I've not seen this episode. I for that. And... Still not finally. I keep meaning to say Come finally, on, but I'm scrolling done. down my notes, keep going. Do you remember um, there was an episode a few years ago where Roy and Mary go to Blackpool to hunt down Jude and Roy's sitting in the car. Yes! And you see reflections of Daleks and the TARDIS go past. So there's on the back of a lorry while they're filming, there's just yes. this random Dalek and TARDIS appearance in Coronation I thought that was Street, fantastic. Which is weird. Simon's mentioned Doctor Who at one point, And I think so that's Doctor about Who it. Exists. Doctor Who exists in the world of coronation street and vice versa but i've got more evidence for coronation street existing in doctor who and if that's not some kind of paradox then well i don't know and what is which one's real which one is real Be- well my- weatherfield was a real place <laughs> i'm not having that if you're telling me that weatherfield's not a real place Gemma. right so i don't know how many times doctor who's mentioned eastenders no i don't know but it is quite interesting that doctor who's mentioned coronation street enough times considering that it is a rival, on a rival channel, and it's mm. a rival to their flagship. Well, I think they site. both respect each other's legacy yes. in British television, as do we. Yeah, we do, yeah. yeah. So, thank you, everybody, for listening <laughs> to us confusing. I thought that was okay, yeah. despite the fact that we didn't know a lot about what we were talking about no, for we some did. of it. We, we, we did for some of it, but um, I hope everything. that this is what people wanted, because we've been wanting to do this episode for years and years and years and it never really felt like a right time to it for it and then and then we were contacted by one of our listeners um a few months ago so on patreon yeah on patreon saying you really should do this um daniel and so we you we we said yes we should and you've been nudging me for the last you said you can't forget don't forget we got to do this this is going to be a really good i don't know why i thought that the 60th anniversary of doctor who might slide past unnoticed no i was worried (laughs) So, so here it is we've so, given a bit of a rundown of crossover actors so hopefully it's inspired some of you to go and check them out on iPlayer and go and see a young Helen Worth or John Savadant before they went into Coronation Street and maybe if you've seen episodes of Coronation Street and we've told you some actors that are in it but maybe back at the time we didn't realise or is that just me? <laughs> Who that happens to, no, not realising that they're watching somebody that they have seen before. Unless you're a super go back and watch it. It certainly inspired me to want to go and watch that um, Saran Jones episode of, of Doctor Who again. And it's even made Gemma want to watch Doctor Who. And, and for the last few years, 
you, haven't you've, been you've, inspired. You've not even been in the room for some of the episodes. I've I've sat through all of the episodes <laughs> because that's what I do. Yeah. If I say that I watch something, then I watch it to the bitter end. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited about I the upcoming mega, episodes. Mega, mega, mega excited I about this I love David Tennant. Yes. I love Donna Tate. I mean, Catherine, Catherine Tate. Tate. Sorry. We're not even going to be able to watch it live on Saturday because we're going on a trip to London on Saturday, aren't we? Um, and, yeah. and and so we'll have to we'll have to watch it when we get back. But I'm really excited about it. Super duper excited about Millie Gibson playing Ruby Sunday. I really really hope she's a great character. I'm going to listen to this back in about four months' time and see whether I'm right or not in in, in thinking that she's going to be amazing for the role. Um, and I, and I hope you guys enjoyed this. And and those of you who are big Doctor Who fans and also Coronation Street fans, I hope that we that we did it justice. I hope that we didn't sound too amateurish. Um, and um, that's about it, really. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you at the weekend for our usual discussion about Coronation Street. And we're also going to be doing a Patreon episode fairly soon. Oh, yeah, it's coming to the end of the month, isn't Maybe it? it'll be Doctor Who. Because right? we did have some discussion points we, we didn't get to, um, which we... We, yeah, we, we have talked about we, we've done Doctor Who chats on the podcast before we've done listener questions like who, which Coronation Street actor would make the best Doctor and I think we were both in agreement at the time that Connor McIntyre would make a fantastic yeah. Doctor he'd and be I, a good master and we might, I'm sure we've done some time travel things as in there as well but we haven't got time to go over them again I think it's we've done it's like a longer than a film now it is it thank is you everyone somewhat, for listening can I say thank goodbye you. now yes say it goodbye goodbye the music the music for this episode <laughs> came from podcastthemes.com yeah.